For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. I only know of one school um, that has said that they will remain closed today in the interest of safety to the school community, and that's Bantry Community College way down west and uh, they'd be getting it colder um, so that's all I know if there are other uh, if, uh, you know, schools being affected do get in touch whether you're the school or parents of a school is closed just, just from the point of view of uh, keeping an eye on things in that regard text 0868104106 but schools in Cork are to remain open as normal according to the National Emergency Coordination Group uh, mind you I do hear of um, some outages down around the Kilmoney area in the greater Carrigaline area they've had um, uh, some power outages um, and also Mayfields had a power outage as well and if you're amongst those that are without power up to God you're not uh, also freezing with the cold without it but they're figuring you should well be back again by round about midday today it's about a thousand people in Mayfield alone and also in Cove the ferry service is running intermittently and they say the normal service will resume once that awful fog has lifted so they have to uh, are on the side of caution there, and rightly so. But the minus 10 is bound to be way up the country, up to the north of the country and away off to the east and the north as well, uh, because uh, the red tops and indeed the, the uh, broadsheets are talking about the big freeze to extend its icy claws with minus 10 on the way, unless I'm proved absolutely, um, you know, losing the plot. I don't think we'll be getting minus 10s anywhere down around here. Uh, but parts of the country are bracing themselves for a bigger freeze if it goes to minus 10, like, that's going to be colder than the beast from the east in 2018. And they are talking about if that potentially happens somewhere in the country, uh, the schools will close and there'll be travel chaos uh, as we head into the last fortnight uh, before Christmas. But warning as ice snap will linger. And that's a front pager making the echo today. And it should do because it's a warning or it's a, it's a reminder, I suppose, to people to take extra care on the roads in the coming days and to check on the elderly as the coldest snap to affect the country in years uh, lingers on. Um, Council crews now, as I said, did an incredible job and while most of us are sleeping, they're out on the roads doing the best they can. Get to every single road, they can't get to all of the housing estates, for sure they can't, but they certainly are dealing with, um, you know, the main roads and hats off to Council crews in Cork City and County and the Echo pick up on it this morning say they were busy making preparations, salting and gritting main roads, transport corridors, footpaths where they could. Uh, and I have to say the main roads that I drove on, which would be uh, the uh, Ring Road heading over here to the, the western suburbs this morning, were fine. Um, when, I, when I went out on the road first, I was saying, my God, traffic, they're moving really fast this morning. Then I could understand why. I mean, there were people doing 80 and 90 and 100 kilometers. I didn't. I'm, you know. But are on the side of caution. Maybe I'm a coward. I don't know. I stuck to maybe anywhere between 60 and 65, but they were grand and dry. And the guards make the papers this morning because apparently, in one case alone, apparently what's happening now is you've got burglars who are targeting Japanese imported cars for those cars don't have immobilizers. So they're rich pickings for the car thieves. And in one case, some misfortune had 4,000 euro worth of property taken from the motor car, the bulk of which were Christmas presents and gifts for friends and family. Four grand left in the car. Now, you can be tut-tutting away and say, who does that? But people come up with all sorts of plans to hide Christmas presents. Sometimes it's in the attic, sometimes it's in the shed, sometimes it's in the car, because you've got to keep them out of sight and out of mind, particularly with regards to uh, kiddies. Santa Claus brings all he wants from the North Pole, but other people buy some gifts too, but you can't be doing that. And car crime prevention officers warning shoppers, do not leave Christmas gifts in your car following the recovery of stolen goods to the value of €4,000. So at least they got the stash back. 
but four grand. Apparently, they hone in on five different vehicles in one week alone, all of which were Japanese imports without any immobilizer. Uh, for those then that can't even think about buying numerous Christmas gifts, that's the story that makes the mirror today because they're saying for many it would be a bleak Christmas because the amount of people that are calling MABS, the uh, money advice and budgeting service, has skyrocketed, particularly in the last few months because you're looking at rocketing fuel costs, uh, food costs, Mortgage bills have all gone up and that's triggered a surge in cash-strapped households seeking advice. And I heard this morning, or maybe I read it somewhere, that more and more people now actually have to look towards a loan to buy things that they could just about get through and afford last year. Uh, so it's tough for many people and more, more than tough now because who of us has not put the temperature up in the heating system? at home over the past couple of days. Uh, you're going to shout at me, not everybody, because not everybody can afford it. And I know what you're saying in that regard. And unfortunately, some people are uh, cold and, uh, you know, feeling quite down about it. Um, it's a, an extraordinary world we live in, isn't it? That somebody would kill somebody and wrap them in a carpet and leave them then in a, in a field. Well, that's the front of many of the red tops today. It's a story from County Meath, uh, where the body of a man was found wrapped in a carpet in a field. Um, and in fact, I think the Guardian are also investigating a second killing nearby. Meanwhile, the sun this morning, um, you might recall Padraig Nally, the farmer, it was the, the, the last time we, we spoke of farmers with shotguns that led to a death. But there's a front page of the sun today of the farmer, uh, a Waterford farmer called Willie O'Donoghue. He said, if somebody breaks into the house and I'm put in a corner and they have a firearm, I won't back off. He's got himself um, a rifle which he legally holds and he says he will use it he says I'll use the gun on any burglar or gang that come anywhere near me or my property uh, there are a lot of court reports making the papers today one is uh, gives you a typical example of how disrespectful people can be to the Garda Shikana you effing dirty pig go and eff yourself um, says this fella to the Garda Shikana now he also took on a fighting stance you know the way the fighting gatch against the Garda uh, in Douglas, um, and he was caught on another occasion actually with 22 deals of heroin inside the plastic shell of a kinder egg. Um, they think that that might be a way of, you know, not, not raising suspicion, put her inside in a kinder egg. Uh, not so with the Cork Gardaí, but this fellow Ryan Kennefick has been sentenced now to a total of six months in prison arising out of those incidents as to what the Gardaí have to put up with and the kind of abuse they have to put up with. And that's why we have a bill for 2022 alone of 2.3 million euro that's been spent to provide psychological support to officers and staff dealing with trauma or distressing evidence or other mental health issues related to the job of being a member of Angarda Shikona in Ireland these days, a 2.3 million euro health bill and, uh, you know, mental health bill. And just talking about a health bill in general, they figure they're going to throw a billion euro to get our hospitals up to standard. A billion. A lot of the premises that are being used um, as healthcare facilities, I'm not talking about the CUH now, the CUMH or anything like that, but if you look at all of Ireland, a lot of the buildings that are being used for healthcare in Ireland are 200 years old. Many of them were even built in the 17 and 1800s. And that's kind of the lack of functionality that we have in our health system. But I think, if anything, time has taught us over the years that throwing money at the health system just does not fix it. Um, it's, it's, there's a bigger problem there than just money within the Irish health system. So 
one wonders whether a billion actually would be wasted or actually might once and for all fix it. Uh, mind you, we have the swapping of Tishig. And at the weekend, there was quite an amount of criticism of Leo Varadkar, even those within Fine Gael backbench the backbench of Fine Gael TDs is getting very touchy-feely about uh, Leo Varadkar and the issue in the nightclub has not helped him in that regard. But another person that's under pressure apparently is within Fianna Fáil and that is Stephen Donnelly because within the backbenches of the Fianna Fáilers they're saying and they're warning Micheál Martin that there will be a revolt if Donnelly is reappointed to health. So Tishuk Micheál Martin who will you know, step down and Leo Varadkar will take over needs to deal with that one front and centre. They ain't happy with uh, Donnelly and they don't want to see him. But what very interests me very much is the latest opinion poll, which really shows that unless there's an absolute miracle, it would seem to me that Sinn Féin will never get into power in the next general election in two or two and a half years' time. Because all Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have to do is come together and have a coalition pact and they'll go back in for another five years. And if the Greens are on board, well, they're just miles ahead of Sinn Féin. Because if Sinn Féin come in with a popularity of 34%, you'd blow that away the minute you add Fianna Gael's 23 and Fianna Fáil's 21 and the Greens 5. You have the same government going back as we have already. So it's kind of interesting as to how Sinn Féin will deal with trying to make up those numbers. And in a long-ranging interview in the Examiner this morning, um, the Taoiseach himself, or soon-to-be ex-Taoiseach, says that among his concerns are laws that could well be passed in Ireland for assisted dying. He's not very happy with that because he says it could put undue pressure on older people. It's a very long and wide-ranging interview about life and politics, about the home and about, you know, trying to balance home and, uh, and work commitments and what have you. But the proposal to allow terminally ill people to end their own lives uh, in dignity was one of those proposals that will have to be voted on in Ireland sooner or later. And it was actually backed by the late Vicky Phelan before she died. But he has concerns over it, saying he would be worried about the elderly being put under too much pressure. And in lighter news, of course, the countdown continues to Christmas time. Uh, and one of the issues in the um, world of Christmas parties, apparently, is keeping a lot of solicitors' offices very busy, giving advice to HR departments within Irish companies as to how to handle the Christmas party, what they should or shouldn't do. Um, I think more and more companies now are giving vouchers. You get your vouchers. You can only spend what you have on the voucher. And after that, you're on your own. But a free bar from the company apparently leads to all sorts of issues. So they're taking legal advice issues and guidance now. Uh, and they're sending memos to employers and employees about the worry of excessive alcohol consumption at the Christmas party. Because it leads to complaints then in the new year of unwanted sexual advances um, and all sorts of issues like that. Unsavoury stuff, as they call it, in the Independent today. Uh, and one particular, um, um, well, they also talk to some of the restaurateurs as well, who say that, and, and publicans, and even the publicans are saying, I've noticed that a lot more companies now for Christmas parties are issuing vouchers to staff. Uh, but he says, if I were to sum it up, the majority still just let them at it free bar, just go for it. But I understand legally that in a free bar, if anything happens, it's on the watch of the company. It's not a private do. It is a company event. And also, 
uh, as we head into Christmas, and I don't know whether Cadbury's are going to deliver on this ahead of the Christmas time. I don't know if the selection boxes have 75% less fat in them, uh, but apparently the likes of your uh, crunchy, your caramel, your double-decker, your fudge and your Turkish delight, apparently Cadbury's have come up with a way of taking out all of the bad stuff, the stuff that makes you pile on the poundage or makes you want to have to lie down and have a kip after too much chocolate. So they got low-calorie versions now. When they're coming out, I'm not 100% sure, but they've had scientists working on this now for several years, and they've only gone and cracked it. So your favourite chocolate bar with 75% less fat. And also, when you talk about fat, there's a story in the papers today warning everybody not to pour fat, oil or grease down the sink. I mean, who does that? I mean, who would... Pa- like? I mean, what are you talking about? Just a few... Just a few spoon equivalents down from a frying pan? Are you talking about old oil from the chip pan or or what? I mean, you want to be insane to do it. It'll totally clog up your pipes. But apparently people do. And lee ciders are being urged to not do it. Refrain from pouring fat, oil or grease down the kitchen sink in a bid to prevent pipe blockages. But also, you'd have these massive grease balls uh, forming in our sewers and ultimately all of that fat oil and grease will go into the sea and God knows what it would do to wildlife and fish life but it's a new initiative on Lisa's and why shouldn't it and for those of you that don't like rats some people have pet rats and I love this story in the sun a hero rat that saved a sleeping owner from imminent death from burning to death because of a lighted cigarette apparently the rat who's called Ratty woke the person. Um, now, the backstory to this is quite interesting because Caroline Davis is a cancer sufferer um, and her rat, Ratty, sprang into action when she dozed off due to her medication while having a fag, setting her dressing gown ablaze. Now, that didn't wake her, but Ratty the rat did. But the rat moved the cigarette butt, apparently. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing. She says, Ratty moved the cigarette butt and then woke her up by clawing at her dressing gown which was smouldering and burning her leg uh, and and woke her up and saved her life so I think rats a lot of the time get a bad rep we give them, mean to give them a bit of space uh, with regards to this super furry animal ratty um, the family cat apparently caught ratty months ago like a year and a half ago or something and brought the rat home alive and they just adopted it as a pet and I'm very glad they did now. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for interactive speech program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Courts Red FM. Morning all. You can text 0868104106. Uh, Press actually sent me a statement of the weekend with regards to their updated uh, Christmas and New Year road safety campaign. And they issued it at the back end of last week. And just for the record, 148 people have lost their lives on Irish roads this year. So that's 25 more than on the same date in 2021. So deaths on our road up. And be very aware that the Gardaí are targeting four lifesaver offences this Christmas time. And if you see more patrols out and speed checks and Garda checks, you will now understand why. Number one is for intoxicated drunk driving. Number two is for speeding. Number three is for use of mobile phones. And number four is for seatbelt offences. They call those the four lifesavers. And um, they've been busy in 2022 because 157,000 drivers have been detected for 
speeding offences in Ireland. 17,500 have been detected, and all of these will be prosecuted for using their mobile phone while driving. 5,500 for seatbelt offences and 7,500 for suspicion of drink and drug driving. Um, and they want to get that down. They really and truly do. I think it's a bizarre thing that you would have 5,500 people not wearing a seatbelt when it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's an alarming thing at the back end of last week, actually, um, in a particular place where I was driving. There was traffic everywhere and it was completely chocolate because it was near a school. And what do you have? One of these characters in a big, huge SUV with all of these cars going left and right and children moving around, trying to get into back to cars and trying to cross roads and what have you. And what's she doing? On the mobile phone. I mean, insane. It's a brand new SUV. It's got Bluetooth. It's got all the kit in it. But she's holding the damn phone. I just don't get it. I got this on Friday. Uh, unfortunately, I was off air before I got a chance to actually look at it. Uh, but thank you to the members of the public from Ballyvalan who got in touch. And here's what it says. Uh, this is from Thursday night and I got it on Friday. Last night in Meadow Park, Ballyvalan, a petrol bomb was thrown through a window of a traveller living in the park. This has been hushed up by Gardaí as they don't want trouble being escalated in the area. These people came flying into the park in cars and vans, locking the place down. From what I saw, the Gardaí stood by. Then these characters made call-out videos stating that they were going to kill a particular family. The neighbours are terrified up here of what else might happen with Christmas around the corner. God forbid they get it wrong and get the wrong house. Imagine what could have happened. It's another disgrace that these people have a law unto themselves. If, if, threat, if, if it was a threat to you, and I said I was going to murder you in the tone of the video shout out, I would be arrested and charged. But the guardie stood by and did nothing. Then again, once you bring it up to anyone, no one will report on it. Again, why won't people report in the area? Fear. Simple as that. Something needs to be done. These feuds, as they're calling them, are getting out of hand. Innocent people and families have been dragged into these and are having their own lives ruined by fear of these people's actions. With Christmas around the corner, residents here are worried. Is there more to come? Will Christmas will be ruined? Will we need to keep our family and children indoors up here? There was a stabbing around this time last year in a petrol station in Balavalan. And again, all hushed up and kept away from the public's knowledge. I would appreciate if someone had the balls, shall we say, to report on this and raise issues with politicians, the issues that politicians and local councillors won't go near. Even the public are too afraid. Council won't do anything about the issues in the park for fear of reprisals. I'm a concerned and worried resident of Meadow Park, and I'm reporting this on behalf of the majority of the park to you. But please keep my name away from anything as I don't want to draw these people on me. Let me put that to Councillor John Marr for the area, actually, because that is a concern, a direct concern of at least one resident. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are things? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What do we know happened on Thursday? Can you talk us through it? Um, Again, just, I I think you you summed it up uh, very well. That's a resident summing it up there, John. Yeah, sorry, and the resident, sorry, and the resident that that sent it in, um, uh, that's as far as I know as well. Um, Again, I live in the park uh, opposite um, um, Meadow, so I was out for a run and I I just thought maybe some poor unfortunate person that the Christmas tree had gone up or, you know, lights had gone up. But when when I did the loop of my run, I realised that it was something a lot more serious. Um, and then your phone, 
keeps ringing and you get the text and the videos just like everybody else is getting on social media. Now, so, I, I don't want to identify because I'm sure this yeah. is part of a guard investigation, but there's Absolutely. some character on saying, shouting and roaring on social media. I've heard his voice roaring that he's going to butcher people and he doesn't care if there's men, women or children, they will be butchered. Yeah, that, that, that's right, Neil. And as you said, that's, that's, that's out in the public domain. That's Everybody has seen that. It's yeah. been shared on WhatsApp. It's been shared in residence groups. It's been shared across the board. Um, all weekend, as I said, from, from Thursday evening, the phone hasn't stopped. And then to go back to the resident that sent in the, the original message, um, that sums up a lot of people's experience from the weekend that I've listened to anyway, you know. And people have come to me, they're very fearful. And again, and those messages aren't helping um, you know, and the guards are um, investigating it and they are around the area and they're not around the area, I suppose, maybe, you know, in, in the standard clothing and, and, and with the standard cars because, you know, they need to be discreet as well. Um, but uh, I have been assured that the guards are around um, in the area, um, you know, undercover more or less. Oh, um, right, that's interesting. An eye Why would you, you need know, to be undercover? Them. Surely you'd want, well, I, I you'd want blues and twos, wouldn't you? I suppose with the threats that were made, I'm not, I'm not, a, okay. I'm not, I'm not a, an expert in the guards, Neil. But I suppose they know what they're doing. Okay. Right, I know. Them. I mean, I, I, um, I accept that. I mean? It's just and that I, I'd it, imagine, I'd imagine if you were a neighbour that that somebody like that messaging to you that is fearful that maybe you know you you don't want to be associated with calling the guards and things like that. You know, all these things come with it. Um, fear. So that's the, guard, that, that's the, guard, the message yeah. that comes from that email. Is fear, yeah. fear, fear of of raising up their head and contacted the guardie or giving any kind of a yeah. statement that they'll be known to have ratted and that it's their front of their house will go in. Like, the house was petrol-bombed, right? And then the car was petrol-bombed. Um, well, the car, uh, from the video I saw, Neil, the car was attacked with Harley's. My, my apologies. So the, yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, okay. again, that's the video I saw, unless you saw a different video. Oh, I no, you're, you're right. I just saw, yeah. I just saw a, a wrecked car, but, but I did yeah. see flames coming out of the front of the house through the front windows yeah. and through the front door. So that was petrol-bombs, at the front door. That's what it seems to be, yeah. That's okay. what it seems a petrol to be. bombing of a house on Thursday evening. Yeah. Guards are investigating. People in the area don't feel safe. Yeah, it, it, it's madness. It's mad- and again, it's where I live, you know. Like, I mean, when you, when, you, when, you, when, you t- when, you, when you talk about these things, you think it's on the telly. You know, you don't, you don't think that that happens where you live. Um, so, so it is. It's, it, a lot of people are, are, are very fearful. But I suppose what I'm calling for, um, and it has happened all weekend, the guards have been out there investigating it. Um, and city council need to intervene as well and do the advocacy groups. You know what I mean? We need. What's we that? Need to, to quench and do what? The ad- well, first of all, we need to, to calm down the the message that's out there at the moment for the residents that are living in the area. You know. It, there has been criminal damage done. I mean, we all saw that on the videos. The guards need to intervene there, um, you know. But that's the only way we're going to solve this. But you know, w- w- without without naming like, without naming names, obviously, for you know obvious legal reasons, is there a feud going on or something, John? Can you talk to any of that? I, again, I, all I know is what you know, Neil, with the with the messages. So if you're looking at the messages, there does seem to be a feud. And I know the you names know, of the families allegedly involved in this feud, so I'm assuming the Gardaí do too, but apparently it's been going on for a long time. Yeah, if, if, apparently, and as I said, so, so I'm hoping that the Gardaí have all this stuff and that they are acting on it, and from my interactions with them since Friday, that's the impression I'm getting. Um, but it's important at this stage with neighbours, because they are fearful and people don't want to talk, and they are you know, kind of dodging around it because I can understand why, you know, I can understand why you don't want 
to be the next target. You don't want to be living there anymore, I would think. You don't want to be mistaken target. Well, look, that's, you know, I what I would say is that I'm hoping this is one isolated incident. Um, you know, there's a lot of good going on in Balavalan. It's where I live. And it's about getting that balance. And it's where many other people live as well. Um, and it's about getting it's about getting this problem solved for those people, for all the other people that live in Balavalan, that have the volunteer in Balavalan, that, you know, that, that, that have socialised in Balavalan, they shop in Balavalan, they've reared their families in Balavalan. And this is the important message, Neil, is that, so when I'm talking to the Guardian and I'm talking to council and the advocacy groups, you need to remember that there's people who have spent their life out in Balavalan. So why should they be victimised if this is the case by two families involved in an ongoing feud that's putting everybody in fear of their life? Ken O'Flynn this morning says, I've had parents who rang me saying that they drive similar style cars and their kids are saying, Daddy, please change the car in case we get bombed instead. Ken O'Flynn is saying, there's been a feud going on for a number of years. Thankfully, no one was hurt. I understand it that the lady of the house and one child had to escape out a window. Yeah, that's that, that. Again, I've read, I've read all that. Um, so, but I keep going back to it. Is that the only way we're going to solve this? Is through the Gardaí, through City Council, and through the advocacy groups. That's that's the reality. You know, you, I can come on here and say whatever, but we need to solve it. And I go back to the people that live in Balavalan for 30, 40, 50 years uh, have raised their families yeah. that, are, that are living in the community and they need to be respected. When you say advo- not- adv- advocacy groups, are you talking on behalf of the travelling community, is it? That's, that's yes, yeah. If, if, again, if I'm, if I'm looking at the videos right, um, then it would definitely, it would definitely seem that the, the, the advocacy groups need to get involved as well. And we need as much dialogue as possible to calm this down because what happened on Thursday night cannot happen again. It cannot happen again for the woman and child that were in the house. And it can't happen for the neighbours. Okay, it because, wasn't. Okay. Know, especially around Christmas, it should never happen. It should never happen. But this is Christmas, you know. People are preparing. They're having little get-togethers. They're bringing family over, you know, during the week. You know, you, nobody wants this, you know. Especially around Christmas, the message about you know love and spending time with your family, um, you know, and giving. And then we have this going on, you know. And I, and there's so much good going on in Balavalani. You know, that this is unfortunate that we, you know, this, 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 this gets the headline. People shouldn't have to tolerate it, particularly as if this uh, resident who says me that it's uh, telling me that it's always being hushed up again and again. The same families hushed up all of the time. Why is everybody so touchy feely about just getting stuck into this one? Is it because. Well, well, that's that's, that's the resident's experience, but I would say is that there's definitely, uh, from my perspective, is that there's definitely no hush hush. What I would say to residents, to any residents, um, you know, across Cork, is that you can always ring the Gardaí confidentially on any issue. And I think that's a very important message, Neil, is that, you know, regardless of the issue or regardless of what the, the, the thing is. But is I'm, that sure that they, I'm sure that they've done that. I'm sure they might have even but been no, on to... Uh, but they, they, they email me saying, I'm talking to you and sending you this email as a concerned and worried resident on behalf of all of the residents in the area who are just trying to get on with their lives. Like... If, if it were anybody else, if it wasn't a marginalised section of society, would this be tolerated? It shouldn't be tolerated full stop, Neil. And by the way, you're, when you're talking to me, I'm on the resident side. You know, I understand this. Um, I'm living it. Yeah. So we want to stop. Let's, let, let's be very clear here. This is not right. I don't care who's doing it. This is wrong. There's threats being made. People that are going about their everyday ordinary lives feel fearful. And that's wrong. 
and, and it's wrong at any time, but certainly at this time yeah, of the year to be living on alerts like this. You no, know, it's, 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 it's shocking. It's absolute shock. And as I said, you know, there's so much good going on. It's just unfortunate that this happens. You know what I mean? Because all those people that are ringing into you and messaging, they're probably, they're volunteering in the local club, in the local, in the local church. You know, they're, they're probably doing Christmas runs. They have respect. For, for, for they have respect for their neighbours. They have respect for the absolutely. homes that they have. Whereas Absolutely. others just don't seem to have that. And perhaps they shouldn't be tenants of Cork City Council, if that's the case. Anyway, I did get a response. There was another incident, incidentally, and that was reports of a firebomb attack on a house in Groner Braher on Sunday the 4th of December. Um, and we got in touch with Angarda uh, Shikona regarding that also. So that was in Gron, and this one that I said on Thursday the 8th in Ballyvalan. I don't know whether they are connected. You you don't know of any I, connection? I don't, Neil, honestly. And okay. it's the first I've heard about the one in the fort, the first I've heard. Okay, all right. Listen, thanks for taking the call, John. What happens next then? Well, Neil, I'll be on to the Gardaí to, again today. I'm getting on, I'm... I'm, I'm calling with City Council and that is the only way we're going to solve this. All the issues you mentioned, you mentioned about people's behaviour, if they're a council tenant there are rules. If those rules have been broke, then City Council from, from our perspective, we need to enforce our rules and make an example. The Gardaí obviously with the threats that are made will do their job and the advocacy groups need to get in and maybe get people around the table to calm this down. And I think that's the... the that, that's well, the criminality is criminality, regardless Absolutely. of what walk, walk of life you come from. Okay. No, no, exactly. It's wrong, full stop. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're from, who you are. It's wrong. Okay. You know what I mean? You cannot do that. Thank you, John. We'll uh, keep an Thanks. eye on this. Appreciate it, John. Uh, Councillor John Maher. Uh, yes, um, the Garda Shigana did come back to us and they said, Garda were alerted following reports of a car being damaged and a fire at a house in Meadow Park, Ballyvalan, shortly before 8 p.m., Thursday evening. It's understood the fire was quickly extinguished by the fire services. No one was injured. No arrests have been made. The scene was examined by Garda scene of crime officers. The incident is under investigation and inquiries are ongoing. Then we asked them about the second uh, report that we had of a firebomb attack on a house in Gronerbroher on Sunday the 4th of December and asked them confirm if that incident might in any way have been linked to the incident in Meadow Park in Ballyvalan, and Garda Press said uh, nothing about that, but they did say yes, Garda in Cork are investigating a criminal damage incident which occurred at a residence in Gronabraher on Sunday evening the 4th. No injuries reported, investigations ongoing. And there were the two press responses from the Garda Shikona press office. Uh, I see loads of people texting here uh, time after time after time, naming two families over and over and over again. So I imagine it's, if it's, you know, common knowledge to the people of Cork or in that particular area and it's common knowledge to me it'll be common knowledge to City Council and on Garda Shikona as well text 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818 104 106 Cork's Red FM and thank you to somebody who texted me to report a tragedy in our country uh, it says I wonder can Neil make any comment on this poor girl, seeing as there's a media censorship regarding Irish destitutes. Um, And this, of course, is an attachment that was sent with it from an organisation in Dublin called A Lending Hand. I imagine that's what they do. They go out and they help people. Uh, It's not anything exclusive to Dublin. We've got wonderful people here on Leaside doing exactly the same thing. But the Facebook post said, a young girl uh, has lost her life in a tent in Clondalkin in Dublin. 
We've just been told it. We were told it was yesterday that it happened. She took her chances in a tent and never made it through the night. Our fear for most of our pals on the streets these days. You will not see this on mainstream media. RIP, we hope you have the safest, warmest bed in heaven. We are so sorry you died the way that you did. We light this candle in your memory. And then with that Facebook post, uh, a lending hand put up a photograph of just that, a lighted candle to a young girl uh, who lost her life, took a chance on sleeping through the night in a tent and didn't make it through the night. Uh, It is so cold overnight. Nobody should be living in a tent any time of the year but certainly not at this time of the year. Um, I I pass that on to tell you how lucky you are if you have a house and a roof over your head and you're warm and you're looking forward to um, hopefully what will be a a wonderful, wonderful Christmas for you. Text 0868104106. I just want to stay with this, um, you know, Christmas time and and families and entire housing estates living in fear of, um, you know, neighbours or feuds or what we used to call anti-social behaviour, just thuggery and criminality, really. It's not anything that's exclusive to the Meadow Park area of Ballyvalan or indeed Gronabraher or Knocknahini or Mahan or Douglas or over in Bishopstown or out in Ballincollig or down in Carrigaline. All of those areas have featured in the past. But just staying with this one that I spoke about just a few minutes ago, and I did quote Councillor Ken O'Flynn. He joins me on my phone. Are you angry about this? I mean, that th- this just goes on and on and on. What are your thoughts? Look, I suppose, Neil, it's a very difficult one. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Thankfully, no, nobody was, was, was seriously hurt. Um, we are talking about two families here that seem to be shooting. Um, if, look, look, it's no, there's nothing strange or nothing new to any of us. We all, we all, we've all, I think, seen over the weekend and maybe before that the amount of social media that's going around. You heard the, the audio, did you, of your man saying that men, women, children, doesn't matter, they're going to be butchered. Well, look, Neil, as you, as you know as well as I do, this is a conversation that we've had on many occasions. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, regarding certain families that are seen to be at war with one another. Um, you're talking Hatfields and McCoys sort of behaviour. Um, it seems to be ongoing. It, it's, it's gotten to a stage where we have children saying to their parents, can we move house? Um, Daddy, um, can we change the car because our car looks similar to those people's cars? Um, you know, we've had the ongoing situation up at Nottingham where we had attacks on one another. We've had attacks in Dublin Hill. We've had people held in their houses and are uh, held in the streets, uh, trying to identify who they were before they came, before they came, before they were loaded into their properties. What really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, members of the public stopped by other so-called members of the same community, the, asking mem- them for proof. Mem- mem- members of that community were stopping people in their cars, holding them in their cars to try and identify who they were. Uh, in the event that they were part of the part of the, one of the feuding families, um, that's what you're that's what you're up against at the moment. It's a frightening time. It's a fra- it's it's very upsetting for a lot of the neighbours in the area, uh, people who have walked all their lives, put houses, uh, bought these ho- bought their houses, stayed in their houses, managed the mortgages. These are people that bought those houses in the eighties when they'd be paying seventeen, eighteen, nineteen percent in bank charges at the time. Uh, people that struggled to keep their houses, and then we have Cork City Council. Which I have to say has been very, very poor about uh, getting negotiations going, get, pulling people in, saying, "Look, this type of behaviour cannot be tolerated," uh, and it seems to be. But is that all they say, Ken? Though, Biden, Neil, is that all they say? 
Well, look, from, from what I can work out and from what I've seen, there's very little being said because everybody is afraid and trying to be so PC these days. Um, there's nothing being said to a certain section of society. Yeah, that has to be proven, though, in a court of law, yes. though, doesn't it? You know, you'd have to have yes, evidence, Garda Shikona, investigations. Been, I, speaking, speaking to the guards, etc., in the last number of days, and I'm talking about guards on the ground who would know what's going on, um, speaking to guards, they're telling me, look, we're getting no satisfaction. We can only go so far. Um, I, I'm still looking for a report from Cork City Council of who's been called in, who's been given a warning. Has their action been taken on those people? Because to my mind, they've breached uh, a number of tenancy uh, um, uh, criteria. And I can tell you, if it was Neil Blendable or Ken O'Flynn was inside the council house and we were behaving in that way, there'd be a member of the council staff down to us warning us, telling us to cop on. There'd be written warnings, there'd be uh, verbal warnings. And there'd be possibly a reduction. Okay. Move around a little bit there, Ken, if you don't mind. It's, it's a little bit fuzzy, the phone line. But what, John Meyer is talking about somebody mediating. Um, what, what, he talks about advocacy, advocacy groups getting involved um, who, would, who would mediate between the families. Yeah, well, look, it may, it may be that that is an option. I don't think it's a job for Cork City Council. There's plenty of groups who are out there drawing down government funds, quangos and NGOs, that are telling us that they're acting on behalf of individuals and groups, uh, such as Paddy Point, etc. Um, but there seems to be very little response from them. Yeah, maybe they're not aware of it and haven't been aware of it oh, until well, now. They're well aware of it, Neil. Well, well they, wouldn't it. Have, they wouldn't have been aware of what would have happened last Thursday night, and maybe now... They are aware of it and will take some kind of action to ca- like there. It's not just there. I mean, I know of people, for instance, living on the south side in particular areas down in Mahan. Many people live in fear in their own housing estates, and in fact, some of them are on transfer lists. They they want to get their children out of there. We saw that hit social media last year. We've seen the stuff hit social media in Mayfield, um, which which was another dispute between two families as well. We've we've seen those things happen already um, and it's very hard to imagine that people that are involved day to day interacting with these with these individuals don't know anything about it do you That's know do you, do you know anything about any issues going on up around Kilbarry in Farnree that greater area uh, I keep getting correspondence from people living in the area um, to try and highlight the situation up in that area and, I, and anytime I check it I can't find any evidence of it but uh, extensive amounts of antisocial behaviour and house parties and uh, roaring and screaming in the green areas. Yeah, th- yeah. Things like, do you know of any of this? Is any of that accurate? Uh, Neil, I can, I can tell you that there is an awful lot of antisocial behaviour. All you have to do is actually go, is going to uh, Snapchat, not Snapchat, you use what's the other one, TikTok. TikTok. And you, you, can find it, you can find it very, very quickly uh, from people putting up their, in their own social media. Um, anti-social behaviour, things that are happening at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, people being attacked, people um, racing, uh, racing sulkies, people that are being cruel to dogs, people that are, be- that are um, doing wheelies in, 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 in their cars, etc. Yeah, but that, that's a description of people from all walks of life, from all right, sections all of society. Driving, driving, up, driving up onto greens and, and, and all that sort of stuff, all, all that sort of behaviour. I deal with an awful lot of anti-social behaviour issues. Um, in nearly every day of the week. But from across the north side, from across the north side and into the south side, it's not, it's not exclusive to a certain area. Okay. Um, are, are you critical, critical of the Guardi action on this? 
I think the, look, I think I actually have to say the cards are great lads in fairness, but they're they're stretched way too thin on the ground. I think the probably the biggest problem that a superintendent has these days is where he's going to put them. We don't have the resources. We don't we can't put a card on every on every street, unfortunately. Um it's great to see the presence there in the city centre at the moment, which is on the lead up to on the lead up to Christmas. That'll be gone in January, unfortunately. Um but look I, you know, you can't blame you can't blame the uniform guard that is out there, operating out of out of a car with a vast area to cover, and be be expected to be in ground one minute blind. Yeah, well, I know. Over. I mean, yeah. I know. Describe what happened in in Ballyvalan, then I described what happened uh, over in Granabraher, and now I'm hearing of another incident apparently in Camera Park. Uh, windows yeah. being blown in in a house in Camera Park at half past four in the morning, Friday night into Saturday morning. An apparent threat that the house would be firebombed as well. And that's from another caller to me right now. Yeah. Another. Um, and and it, the, other, the other thing that's going around, Neil, call it spade a spade, there are people being attacked in their homes, being threatened in their homes. Cars have been burned out, windows have been broken. There's a young fellow going up to people's doors. And this is the truth. They're going up to people's doors and saying, your son or your daughter owes us X amount of money because they've racked up a debt either with alcohol or, or with, 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 with other... Um, Could be a drug debt, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Drug debt, uh, and, and people are being terrified in their homes. I've met, I, I don't know how many parents I've met. Yeah, but who firebombs a house, right? Who actually firebombs a house in the knowledge that people are in it? Who does that? Well, like? they, they have no value on life whatsoever. They have no value on you, me, their neighbours, anywhere else. There's no value on that whatsoever. Well, and like an awful lot of the time, the people that are firebombing your house are, aren't living too far away from you. That's so, what the hell are people supposed to do? I mean, this is supposed well, look, to be a happy, peaceful time of the year. Well, every time should be a happy, peaceful time of the year. Every time you close your front door, you should be allowed have at least a little bit of peace, at least you know, away from the world. That's the reality of it. Look, the guards are doing the best they can. We need the guard of resources. The minister announced last last month, I think, an extra thousand guards into the system. Having said that, the extra thousand guards isn't going to materialise because the great difficulty there is that even in Templemore, where 200 women who turn up on the, uh, on the day that have been accepted as the guards, I think only 75 turned up. Sorry, Lee, of the 200 that were supposed to enlist, 75 turned up. 75 turned up, people don't want to go into the guards. Maybe there's not a, maybe it's not a, a good What about the army? Well, what about the army? Well, you know, I think we're going to have to start seriously looking at things like that. All right. I really do. I really do. And it's, it's very sad that we, we've gotten to that stage. All right, Ken, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. And the times we live in. Text. And you, and you too, if I don't talk to you. Happy Christmas. A peaceful Christmas, which is what everybody should be entitled to. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Thank you. Somebody in Mallow said we woke to minus six in Mallow this morning. Uh, and also I mentioned power outages. Thank you, Tony. He said we had a power cut in Mayfield from 5.30 a.m. It was supposed to be restored at a quarter to seven, but now the estimated time of power back is a quarter to midday. People up here in the affected areas of Mayfield are freezing. Some have electric only, while other homes have only gas heating, which requires power to run them. Can you find out what time it will be on? Because they're pushing the time out all of the time. There are 1,100 houses and businesses affected in the area. 
Many of those affected are indeed elderly, while others are young children. Uh, thank you, Neil, says Tony. I don't know why there would be power outages, and, and I don't know whether it's weather-related. It, it could be, I don't know. But all I can tell you is, having checked again, we were also told 11.45 this morning for power to be back, and hopefully it could be sooner than that, but they're certainly still saying quarter to midday. So um, if it changes, um, indeed, if it comes back earlier, please do let me know. Meanwhile, being Monday morning, Offbeat Donuts have give us, given us another big box of donuts to give away, and it's your chance to share it at home or indeed the office or the workplace. And they're even doing Christmas magic donuts now with Christmas gingerbread donuts and caramel Rudolph donuts and white toffee crispy donuts. Uh, And we will deliver them by Red Patrollers to you wherever you are if you're lucky enough to win them. These circles of obsessions uh, from offbeat donuts on French Church Street. So text 086-8104-106 and tell us as to why we should be delivering a box of offbeat donuts to you. And back on board again this week, thankfully, Michelle the Jewellers with the countdown to Christmas continuing. Uh, Tim Keane and all of the gang have given me another €200 Euro voucher to give away every day this week. So there are no excuses, lads. If you're looking for jewellery or a watch or a piece of bling bling, then you need to check out Michelle the Jewellers on Patrick Street. And they're there for the last 60 years and they ain't going nowhere. And they're there again this Christmas time. So you're listening out for a Christmas song. And there will be a couple, at least a couple, every day this week. And even more next week. In fact, next week we've got a lot of live music in studio, which is nice to look forward to. So we'll open the phone lines when we play a Christmas song. Call a nine on 0818-104-106. right, so go for that. You know, you talk about all of the negativity. I understand that. And people living in fear in their housing estates and what we were talking about earlier on this morning. In fact, somebody says, that house that was petrol-bombed in Ballyvalan with kids in it is just so awful. You should give it more airtime. Yes, I mean, I covered uh, quite an amount of it uh, in the last hour, but I think an awful lot of the people living in those areas, whether it was Ballyvalan or the Gronobraher incident or indeed the incident in the Glen, they're just too afraid to talk or to be identified in any way, shape or form. That's the fear that people are living on, unfortunately. That's the reality of it. I'm not engaging in tabloidism here. That's the truth. Don't want to come on air, but another family part of that feud from the Glen had their windows blown in and that family had to be escorted out of Cork. It's a very quiet estate and therefore everyone is worried for the neighbours particularly in that block because the house is after being threatened to be burnt out in the Glen. It's not an isolated incident. We're all in fear in the Glen as well and it's all being kept hush hush Um, and that from a resident in and around the Camera Park area and what they had to put up with over the weekend. And they finished the text by saying, hush, hush. Lines are open, as I said, with all of the... Actually, you know what? Damien puts it much better than me. He says, it seems to be a glut of negativity or bad news at the moment. And I would hope that what I have to tell you might restore your faith in the Christmas spirit and human kindness that is very much present in Cork City Centre. Today, and this is from Friday morning... Today, while working at the GPO in Cork, my attention was sought by a colleague who was dealing with a customer who was accompanied by an elderly and apparently very vulnerable lady at the counter of the GPO in Cork, Oliver Plunker Street. The customer said she had found the lady wandering the streets, disorientated and quite upset. My colleague asked what she should do, as in ask Damien. What should I do? And I suggested that she call the Gardaí for assistance. 
and that I would try to assist the lady herself outside. The elderly lady was brought to the side where she was given a chair and was chatted to and reassured by one of our excellent staff. Two female guardy arrived and displayed a level of professionalism and compassion that was a sight to behold. Eventually, having made some calls to support services, they managed to get the lady to her feet and brought her to the Garda car, where they proceeded to bring her home safely. Just as I left the scene to go back to my work, I heard the schoolyard-like chatter of young voices coming from the male's area, central male area, of the GPO. When I looked, I found a calm and patient national school teacher in the midst of a throng of good-humoured but very well-behaved young kids. I asked him what service they were looking for, and suddenly two large packages were proudly displayed by the children. Both parcels were addressed to residents of nursing homes, so they carried no postage fee. What a lovely gesture, I thought. The civic spirit being instilled in these children by their teachers will open many doors for them. In conclusion, can I say it was a privilege to witness the quiet kindness and compassion displayed in separate incidents in the middle of this hectic season here at the GPO. I would like to take this opportunity to pay tribute to the kind customer who found and stayed with that misfortunate lady, the staff of the GPO Cork, the two guardie who attended to her, and finally to the teachers and children of St. Mary of the Isles National School, who all displayed the best of Cork and the true meaning of Christmas. Happy Christmas to one and all, says Damien. Big fan of the Boney and me. Hopefully you are too. And Mary's boy child. Text 0868104106. Thank you. Um, Texter says my 18-year-old daughter was due to sit her driving test in Cork this morning at 10 a.m. And they cancelled it without giving her proper notice. They texted her at 9 a.m. This is nothing short of a disgrace. Everything else is going ahead in the city. Why can't this? She did a double lesson with an instructor before the driving test was to start at a cost of 80 euro. It's the second time they've cancelled her test in a couple of weeks. What's going on out in the test centre? I can't help but wondering. I know you're annoyed and she spent 80 euro on a double test before the lesson or before the test today. But I can't help but wonder, did they actually do her a favour? Uh, considering that maybe some of the roads that she might have been driving on wouldn't be gritted or indeed mightn't be salted and she could have, as my wife calls it, a schlown or two, as in a skidaroo. So I'm not so sure. I mean, I know it's annoying for you, but maybe there would be a better chance that she would pass it when driving conditions are maybe a little bit more ideal. I don't know. Um, I know you've mentioned it in the past that you won't be cut off, but we are pay-as-you-go. They are cutting off. I got cut off this morning. What a horrible thing to do to somebody who would have a track record, even as pay as you go, paying away all of the time. And then when they get short of money at the most critical time, they get cut off with no account whatsoever for your history in the past of payments. Uh, I just think that that is wrong. I think it's unfair. Uh, And uh, in this day and age, it should not be happening. Mind you, nothing would surprise me in the world we're living in. I see a very... Sad text coming in, which uh, I'll, I'll just clean it up and get it on the air of a young Irish man living in a tent in an abandoned shop doorway down in Yall. Very proud man, but down on his luck. It's a lengthy text, which I'll bring to your attention in a few minutes' time. For all of the business, text 0868104106. This is interesting because it's not unrelated to what I was talking about recently. Texture says, you know, Ireland, we used to be very chatty. 
Like I'll give you an example. Before, if I saw someone who I thought, say, wasn't Irish, I would ask questions like, where are you from? How long have you been here? Are you staying here long? Just conversational chat like that. But now, if I'm in town, say, waiting on a bus and I see someone who I think maybe isn't Irish, I just don't speak anymore. I'm afraid I'll upset the person by asking them these sort of questions, which I've been asking all my life. I have to ask her what a world we have become now, afraid to speak to people in our own city for fear of offending. We are known as the friendly Irish because of how we speak and how we make people feel welcome. Now we will be just like the rest of the world. I believe there's nothing special left in Ireland. Thank you for that. It got me thinking actually when I was reading that as to whether if you ask people who aren't born Irish but are here, living here and, you know, getting on with their lives here, where are you from? How long have you been here? Are you staying long? I wonder would they deem it as like a form of interrogation as if you're critical of them being here. I mean, I wonder if that's their perception of what you're saying. Now, we know what happened to the Queen's consort who had to resign because of questions like that, that she asked a woman uh, who was born and bred in the UK, um, but was in Buckingham Palace for um, some charity uh, event that was happening. And she did get, she believed, um, you know, the ninth degree. uh, And she felt that it was an assault and that it was a racist assault, the questioning of the Queen's consort. Consort and the Queen's consort had to resign from the job. Maybe that was a generational thing. Uh, and the text was also saying, you know, we used to be very chatty, but we're not anymore. Anyway, your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. All right. Red FM. Uh, just watch out, guys. There's been an accident on the Mallow side of Rathduff heading uh, to Cork, which would be the Cork Mallow Road heading to Cork. Accident involving cars. Proceed with caution and slow down. I don't know whether it's a surface of the road issue there or it could be a fog issue or it could be both, but do slow down. And if it's foggy, slow down even more. You see the craziness of drivers. The Garda Shikana posted yesterday morning of some idiot and they put it up on their Facebook page. I mean, if I didn't see the photograph that was captured by the uh, West Cork Garda Shikana, I wouldn't believe it. The Cork West Cork Roads Policing Unit stopped a guy who was driving with a mattress on the roof of his car. Um, how was the mattress secured to the roof of the car? It wasn't. He had his right hand up on it, holding on to the plastic. Like, that would be like trying to stop a charging rhino, wouldn't it? I mean, one hand out the window trying to keep a mattress on the roof of the car. He's not going to keep a mattress on the roof of the car. I don't know what's going to happen there. I guess that they will, I don't know, they'll prosecute in some way, shape or form. And they said, yes. The driver is holding the plastic of the mattress while driving. And they pulled that guy over. Uh, he's holding and driving. In the road conditions of yesterday morning, which were treacherous, a mattress on the roof of the car. How often do I have to say it? I mean, it shouldn't surprise me, uh, but it does. Oh, also, can I also thank you to Paul Mullins, the regional manager of HSS Hire on the Lord Glanmar Road. He said, I'm just listening to the lady on the, this is from Friday morning's program, who's got a gas leak and the gas was shut off and city council doing nothing about it. And she says, um, and she's got no heating. He says to me, if you want to forward me her details, we'd be happy to help out with any heating supply free of charge until she gets back up and running. And I just want to say thank you to HSS Hire on the Lord Glanmar Road for getting in touch like that. That will make all the difference 
and I'll make sure that the details are passed on. They may have been already, so you can make that happen. And just with regards to shout-outs, um, can I just also mention that I got a lovely text in this morning from a family who just said, straight to the point, just a quick note to let you know what a great event was put on by the Cork Youth Orchestra in City Hall over the weekend. Over 150 musicians and a live choir. And at one stage, they did a sing-along to the snowman. I can tell you, having been there with our children, the future of music and song is in good hands on Leaside. So well done to everybody involved in that weekend event at the City Hall. The Cork Youth Orchestra, 150 talented young musicians and a live choir as well. It was one of those Christmas moments, I suppose, that everybody got blown away by children and adults alike. So well done to all concerned. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Zolt, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning that you're Hungarian only by virtue of the text that I read out about Irish people constantly asking people from overseas, where are you from? Do you think, that, correct, do you uh, think that Cork people do ask that too much? Yeah, they do. Like, no matter where I go, they kind of I don't know, just probably see it on me because they're like, it's, it's not your, your accent or anything. They said you're more Cork than most of us are, but they're like, Jesus, like, what brought you here and how come you're here and have your parents here and what are you doing here and have, have you tend to going back and all this kind of stuff. Like, at the start, it was kind of like, you were like, okay, maybe they're interested in your life and all that kind of stuff, but it just gets kind of annoying when you get asked. But why does, it get, like, why does it get annoying, though? That's because you're you're saying the same thing over and over again nearly every single day, you know. So like it's just I don't know, it just gets annoying, really. Like you know, like if you like if they ask once a week, you'd be like, oh look, like it is grand. They don't know like what's going on, but when it's every single day, like you're just like we have nothing better to be asking. Like no one comes up to you and you'll ask you like you know how you are and and all this kind of stuff, you know, like. I've been doing the doors there for over four years and there's not one night that they wouldn't ask you, oh, you're not... Oh, Irish. Zolt, you, you, like, you, you know? deliver for Deliveroo, don't you? No. no. Uh, okay, all right. I thought, how, how do, I know you've been on... When you, say, do, when you say doing the doors, what do you mean? I, like, I'm a security, I'm a doorman, like, you know? Okay, all right, and, so on uh, the door. But th- do you not see them as just being chatty? No, it's... it's uh, it's mainly when you're like we say for arguments sake, if we if we refuse them and they're like you're definitely not Irish where are you from and what's your oh, name and all this ah, stuff, like, you know? ah, that's like different. an Irish person will do the same thing you know so ah, that's know, that's like, different the, if they if they're not getting into the club they'll throw that at you as not being Irish exactly yeah yeah oh right okay oh. well that's a, you know no I mean I, I I can't I can't forgive that. But certainly the other stuff, like how long have you been here? Are you staying here long? Where are you from? Yeah, like some people um, know, That's like just being chatty, like though. Went, yes. Like there is some people that would go into it and, you know, you like they seem nice about it. But like you can kind of see it on some people. They're just asking because like, why, why are you even here? Like, you know, kind of thing. So... Ah uh, well, they're, they're, know, like, they're, they're abusive when you stop people that shouldn't go into a pub or a club. And they use your nationality yeah, to abuse exactly. you. Uh, that's, yes. But that's yeah, not, but, yeah. you know, we're just chatty, you know what I mean? They're just trying to make conversation. Do you oh, I know s- that. Like, I figured that out from since I'm here, like, since 2004, that, look, Irish people are really chatty and, re- like, now they're really friendly and stuff like that. And I love being here, you know, don't get me wrong. 
But um, like you wouldn't get this in Hungary that people would come up to you and say hello and all this kind of stuff. Kind of people in there, most of them would be kind of not as friendly as here, you know. Right. That's, why why would that be? Of life. I would kind of say it's the, maybe the the terms of living there, like you know, that people are are not as happy living there because of of what's going on there, like you know, that they're broke and all that kind of stuff, you know. That and they would look suspiciously at foreigners, like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do Irish yeah. people look suspiciously at foreigners? In your belief? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. Not really. Like you know, there is some and some aren't. Like you know, but you're going to get that everywhere, really. You're just fed up of it. You just find it annoying, then. Yeah, exactly. I say it's, it's probably my name that gives it away. Like you know, when they ask for your name and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's old," and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're a foreigner." <laughs> so. Yeah, but do, they don't say, "Ah, oh, yeah, you're a foreigner." They, they're just, they're just trying to make comfort. Like, here's a text that says, "What I normally say is, where is your accent from?" Probably more PC that way. Then I ask and show interest in their country of origin. You'd be surprised how people open up, and that gets the conversation going. They just want to chat. You know, we're just kind of a chatty people. You know. I know. I love to chat as well. Like, you know, there's. But stop asking me. Stop asking yeah. me where I'm from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Zolt. Thanks for that. Cheers, my man. Vania, originally from Portugal, and Zolt's here from Hungary and has been here 18 years. Vania, good morning. Good morning, Mel. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Now, um, what do you think? Uh, do the Irish ask where you're from? How long have you been here? Are you staying here long? When are you going home too often? Exactly. All those questions have been, uh, you know, <laughs> how do you, me. But how do you feel about that? Oh, I, I, I feel great. I have absolutely no issues. I, I, I'm a nurse, so I, I got that often from my patients, especially when they read my name on my ID uh, or my accent, even though, according to my partner, it's kind of fading away, but I still have a bit of Portuguese accent. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. They do ask, they do ask in fairness, and I always make it a, a game out of it. I say, okay, take a guess. So people never get it right, and it's funny because they say either Italy or Greece or France so, or Spain, so they're very close now, in fairness, but they never get it right. They never it's get fun. Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> never, no, Jesus will be erased from the map, but I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's actually part of a fun game, and then off comes the question, why you're here or are you staying here and I okay so that question joke. why are you here is that, does that annoy you not really no I, I'm, I'm happy to, to say that like Portugal has a lot of good things one of them is not you know uh, nurses payment <laughs> so that's the reason I came in here even though there is ups and downs it's definitely way better in terms of career progression if not anything else okay. um, it doesn't bother me the slightest when people ask me why am I doing here um, and I normally just throw in a joke saying that I was you know um, fooled by an Irish man because he told me the weather was great you know and that's, <laughs> and that's why I, I end up staying you know so that I always say that as a joke you know uh, so it's it's all kind of banter really in the end of the day I don't take any notice because I've heard in the past that sometimes uh, medical professionals from overseas get a bit of grief from patients who who, if they're not getting what they want fast enough, they would say something racist about the country of origin. That hasn't happened to you? 
Not at all, no. Do you know, we might have a patient with dementia, but I don't take it heartily because people are sick and if they, are dement- if they have dementia, obviously they're going to say certain things that they obviously don't mean. So I don't take that, you know, I don't take that serious really because poor people are sick. I never got any, any answer of sorts so far, not saying that other Portuguese uh, friends... Okay, no, because I, ju- I did hear of on the air in the past, we spoke about people saying, I want to see an Irish doctor, I want to see an Irish nurse, you know? Oh, yes, I know, I know, I know. The sure. I can pass by Irish at this stage, I'd say now. Yeah, well, you're working, you're working very well on the accent, in fairness to you, but Zolt is fed up of it, he says. He's here 18 years, and he says, it's annoying. To get the question, is it? Over and over and over again. <laughs> Not for you, though. Sorry? Not for you, yeah. though. Okay. Not, no, no, not at all. No, not at all. It's, it's actually quite endearing. And even when I used to go out at night back when I was younger, I, you know, all the lads and even some girls would ask you, where are you from? And it all this kind of carry on. And trying to, you know, see them spelling my name right, it's another funny bit. I don't take any notice of it. But Good it's just, for you. you know, no, no, not really. It's not, um, doesn't bother me at the slightest. Good for you. Thanks, Vania. Thanks, old Ava. You've been here, what? Uh, can you hear me all right, Ava? 20 years, is it? In nearly 20 years, yes, if I can. Mm, okay. And how do you feel about Irish people asking the same questions, I'm told, over and over again? As in, how long have you been here? Where are you from? Um, Why did you come here? Do you know what? I, um, I do... Um I do see it in... in see, I work with clients. Uh, I'm a beautician and... Usually, when when they when they catch uh, my accent, they they just it's it's like an autom- automatic uh, question they'd be asking, you know. And I like if 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 a person is trying to just just make a small chat, it's it's a it's a great uh, icebreaker, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But um, you don't see it as being inter- interrogated. Absolutely not. Because no, it's, it's not uh, meant like that, you know. No, no, no. They're, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're um, genuinely interested to, 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 you know, to find out where, where I'm from and where, where my accent's coming from. And now, if, if there is a client who, um, who's being quite, uh, quite rude about it, I can tell. But it really doesn't happen often at all. But it know? has happened on a, a few occasions, has it? It has happened maybe once in the past 20 years. Ah, you know, well, really, really I discount that. Happen, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. But generally, generally, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, um, it's, I wouldn't say there's any negativity in it, in it at all, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like just, as in, you haven't had people say, what are, you, what are you doing here? Taking jobs, yeah. and, you know, bleeding the country dry and all that kind of stuff. No. Absolutely, I think I think even even if you, like if you see a person who's like you know for example covered in tattoos, their tattoos would be an icebreaker for me. You know, if if I was going to to start a small chit chat, you mm. know, would you chit chat at home? Because uh, Salt was saying that you know this kind of Irish chit chat wouldn't necessarily happen in Hungary, for instance, particularly if you were uh, a non-national in Hungary. But but do you think that we're just a chattier nation? Yes, I do. Uh, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent true. Um, it doesn't happen in Poland, unfortunately, because because it um, it makes it makes you feel a lot more welcome, you know. And it um, you just feel you, you, you just feel the warmth from from Irish people, you know. You, there is something there is something special about you guys. There is something that uh, just 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 makes you feel like like you like like they want you to be here, you know. 
So to the guy that got in touch with me, uh, who said, we used to be very chatty, but now people are afraid and we're losing the friendly Irishness because we don't know how to speak or make people feel welcome without saying the wrong thing. I, um, I'm i afraid I'll upset to, people uh, by asking them these sort of questions, the questions I've been asking all my life. Absolutely not. I, I don't think it's true. If if the questions asked in, with with a, with the right manner, you know, I don't I don't think why why there would be any uh, any 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 insult in it, you know. Okay, appreciate Not that. Happy Christmas to you and to Vania and to Zolt. Get involved in the conversation. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 0868104106. Corks Red FM. Oh my God, uh, I got John online for John. Good morning. Hello, Anita. How are you? I don't know, man. I just, I give up, you know. I really do. We just seem to be going from bad to worse, what people do to each other, particularly senior citizens. I just, I just, I'm so angry and I'm so Mm. upset at the same time. You've got to be the very same as me, if not worse, right? Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable, really. But, you know, know, for people to go around and do this kind of thing is... Okay. And they, they don't have a conscience. Not right? at all. No, that's that's no, what they do, no. man. They just want to rob the yeah. vulnerable. And if they can get money out of anyone, particularly the elderly, they're happy to do it day in, day out. Now, your dad's yeah. 83 um, and uh, your poor mam is uh, in Cove Hospital because her health isn't the best. And you uh, moved in with your dad, but you were at work this uh, Wednesday morning, wasn't it? Last Wednesday morning? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was just last Wednesday morning. I, just, I, I work out in Carrick too, so I was out there from half six or whatever and uh, so he, he does have carers come in to him in the morning and the evening kind of nine o'clock and six or whatever and uh, so the carer came and she had just gone and about, it was about well roughly ten o'clock ten fifteen and uh, there was a knock at the, or a ring at the door he went out and um, the man came into the porch you know, the man, he was talking to another man this, this fellow who was in the porch down the driveway so there was two of them involved, you know. And right. um, but he he didn't see the man down the drive. But he came in. He he flashed an ID. You know, my as my father being kind of old, he didn't really even you know he didn't read it or he he wouldn't be with it that way. And uh, but it was just the what like the father said he was authoritative and and and, and you know just his stance and everything. And he 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 was convinced he was a guard. He wasn't and, uh, in uniform, but he had some kind of ID. No, he wasn't in uniform. I was trying to say, you know, I was trying to get out of him. What he looked like, was he wearing this and that? But he's just had a pair of jeans and a jacket. But it was just the way, the way, the way he was acting, basically. Bit of chit-chat as well, I hear, was there? Oh, yeah, a bit of, bit of talk about the weather. It's a bit cold outside, blah de, blah And then he got on to, um, do you have money in the house? And my father replied, yeah, I do, yeah. And he said, can you show it to me, please? And he said, I will. Did he say why he wanted to ask these questions? Probably that no, he was... No, 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 he, he, he did, well, from what my father said, he didn't. He just, he just basically got to the point, have your money, and will you show it to me? And he brought him upstairs, and uh, he showed him where the money was, and my father explained, that's money I save, no, for my pension, he says, for, um, just for, because my wife is in the hospital, and I have to pay the bill every month, and all that, but your man said, right, yeah, yeah. And he said, look, I'll take it downstairs on the counter, and out the door. So, Your dad yeah. naively waited for him to come back upstairs, I think, is it? He did. He said that to me. He said, geez, I waited up there for a few minutes, he said. And uh, sure, he, geez, he, he wasn't coming back up at all. And, you know, you feel so sorry for him. I do too. And, uh, you know. I do too. And he, did, he would have. He would have trusted that man completely. Like. 
I feel awfully sorry for your dad. Do you mind me asking, John, was it a substantial amount of money? It was between three and four thousand anyway. So it was a nice bit of money that. And I had said it to him a few weeks ago, he should bank it, but, you know, he's old school and he likes to keep it there. But it won't be happening from now on, but, you know, it's terrible. So he waited for him to come back upstairs. Your man doesn't he come did. back upstairs. Your dad went down, found that he had legged it and called the guards, is it? He did, yeah. He, he, yeah I think the way he said it himself, he said, I kind of I tweaked it after a while. He said, this fella isn't coming back at all. No, he could have been up there 20 minutes waiting, you know what I mean? And uh, he went down. In fairness, he called the guards straight away. I said, when I came home, actually, they were injuring me. I, I had to ring the guards, you know, so they rang me. And the guards phoned you I, at work, was it? They, they, they phoned me at work and I came in to him then and uh, you know I, I was kind of angry myself kind of not, not at him as such but I was saying oh, Jesus why did you show him but sure he said and his defence I talked to the guard uh, he you know feels I mean? bad and, enough doesn't he he mean oh yeah, yeah I, I um, didn't go on it, really. no. I couldn't go on about it you know it was, uh, and, and that, that's the way he's feeling at the moment he can't really believe that he helped him you know that's the way he sees it I helped him like, you know and that uh, is is terrible. He feels he made it so easy for him, but he's of a generation, and yeah. he knows he knows nothing about fake IDs. I mean, I could buy no, a fake God, ID no. right now that would pass yeah. for a driving license, a Garda exactly. ID, a passport. Yeah. I could even buy online right now an American mm. passport for like five or six hundred euro. I could I buy know. a driving license for four hundred euro. I could buy exactly. an Irish passport. Anything I want will be delivered to me yeah. in the post. Exactly, exactly. And, and he's at that age, you know, he, he just, your man showed it to him. He, he didn't even check it, really, you know. And uh, I, you know, what can you do? So uh, is there any security or CCTV or any cameras or anything? The, no, the, the guards are on to us that, that there is down the road. There's about, but that, that house is about six, six houses down and there is one about two or three houses up. So they're looking at that. Norwood School is across the way, but their camera doesn't come onto the road in those trees and stuff. So we're hoping that there'll be something from, from, from one of those cameras that the guards might be able to identify someone, you know. Or a car, Reg. Yeah. Or you, like this guy yeah. didn't, he, he wasn't in a balaclavas. He was no, no, as no, brass no, like, no. so you see his face. But I, I did speak to one of my neighbours who, who said they'd, they were going to Middleton that morning and they did notice someone talking to my father in the porch. It wasn't the car where usually mine is parked, but they said the fella down the drive seemed to be putting on like um, one of those kind of surgical capes and a mask. So I don't know, is that a kind of cover that it looks like, oh, there's someone going in there, you know, HSE or something like that. But that's what the man said to me. I I know how, how, you know, valid that is. I don't know. That's weird, um, isn't it? One guy pretends to be a guard while the other pretends to be a medic or something. if you're looking from the road up, you're kind of, you know, you wouldn't pay much attention either at the same time. I know it's a terrible yeah. thing to happen to your dad. And I know in three yeah. or four thousand euro is all he has in the world. And people mm. shouldn't keep money at home. God knows I'm I saying know. that on the air constantly. But it could have been an awful lot worse, you know. Think about exactly. And, and that's, what I, I, that's what I'm telling him at the moment. I said, Dad, you could have handed over the money. Your man could have bait you. You could have said you had no money and he could have closed that door and who knows what would have happened. He not? could have um, tortured you know, them or hurt so them to give him the money. Exactly, exactly. But the so bonus fortune, the positive. His, 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 as you right. said yourself, his confidence has been badly hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he, 
I suppose at that age, you're, you're vulnerable enough now that you feel that you can't trust people as well, you know, and that's the way he was rare, to trust people, especially people in authority. Yeah, because it was uh, a much kinder world. It was a much kinder world in yeah, his youth. exactly, exactly. And as he said to him, or as he said to me himself, you know, we were brought up in a world where you could leave your front door open to be people in and out, and you, you can't do that now, you know. You've told him he's not the only one that's happened to you, sure. Oh, yeah, have. And in fairness, there was one of the guards called Saturday to, uh, Saturday to me, and he was saying that um, it happened down in Killa either that same day or the, or the Thursday. So, it, you know, there's obviously a spate of these things. I know, happening. I know. You know. And it's so easy for them, isn't it? It's the easiest it is, money exactly. until they're caught, yeah. that is. But if they're never caught and they're doing this all of the time, they're making a yeah. fortune on the hands oh, of gullible geez, people. They are. They are. They are. But, and, and as I said, they have no conscience. They don't care what that money was for. And the money was to pay for your mam's care. Yeah, that's what he does. Like, he, he just puts the pension aside. And But no, we're, we're changing that now that there won't be money in the house. But I know the horses bought it at this stage. But, you know, we just have to make and get some more security measures in the house and that. So are the guardy are the guardy confident that they might be able to track these characters down? They're ba- uh, like, do you, I know, there must be a car. They must be driving off somewhere. They've got to have a car, Reg. Well, that's what we're hoping for. I, I haven't heard anything from him now this morning, but I, I, I don't know, Neil. Will, will there be anything? You know, and I'm not blaming the guardy. You know, no, no, I'm not. In quite the opposite. Well, I, I hope, mean, I'm just wondering: will they get a break in it? Like, well, I, I hope they do. I hope they do. You know, with the two cameras that are there on the street, it is a possibility. You know, so hopefully, you know, I, I know the money's gone for for good, but you know, if there was a bit of justice, you'd feel some sort of, you know, you know. I guess I guarantee that everybody listening to this wants these two individuals caught and banged up for a long, long time. No excuses whatsoever. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be the best outcome, of course. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, so it's it's yeah. just heartbreaking. It's just so so heartbreaking when this happens. You know, yeah. really and truly, because they don't care about the. Why would they care? They're thieves. Like they're, no, they're just they don't. crooks. They don't. They don't give a damn. That's right. And as the guard said to me, they're professionals at what they do. You know what I mean? So yeah, like let nobody into your home. Full stop. If at all possible, exactly. open a window if the door rings, as opposed to the yeah. front door. If you don't recognise somebody, do not open the door at all. But I, like, it's, and that's the unfortunate thing now that I've to tell my father. Don't answer the door. Isn't that sad? I said anyone who has business here has a key, you know, and if it, the doorbell rings and it rings three or four times, just don't go to the door. But that, that's how, you know, it's, it's sad. Isn't it? It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that, John, about your dad. It's affecting the whole family, you included. And God yeah. knows, we hope that the Garda Shukana managed to nab these guys and bang them up for a long, long time. Uh, and that they will Thanks, be able man. to harvest some sort of CCTV or some witness or will someone will come forward. All right, Neil, I appreciate that. Thanks All right, very much. Sorry to hear All that, right, man. Sorry. What do you no. make of that, guys? What do you think of that, huh, and the world we live in? The innocence of the world that we live in, who have their time served need to be left alone but yet they are persecuted in their own home by this vermin text 0868104106 talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818104106 Cork's Red FM uh, if that wasn't bad enough then I saw another astonishing story that said a 92 year old man had central heating problems here in Cove he phoned a plumber who was recommended by a friend the plumber arrived 
worked for an hour, bled the rads, etc., then charged the poor man 400 euro. Shocked, the man thought it was a mistake and said, what? He asked again. He was told by the plumber 200 euro for the consultation and 200 euro for the job. Still in shock, he handed over his savings, 400 euro. As he related the story to me, he was still in a state of shock. So talk about taking advantage of the elderly. 92-year-old man, central heating problems, phones a plumber, um, plumber comes out, bleeds the rads. That's all. I mean, it might have taken him an hour to bleed all of the rads. If you paid 150 euro for it, you'd think that that would have been about fair, including his so-called consultation. But 200 euro for the consultation and 200 for the job. I mean, we live in a very, very cruel world, don't we? Particularly with regards to the elderly and our senior citizens. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Remember a 200 euro voucher every day this week from Michelle the Jewellers sort out all sorts of Christmas conundrums for you in the present department family run business bespoke jewellery for any occasion and you can visit everything they have and lots more besides at michellejewellers.ie based on Patrick Street a 200 euro voucher you're listening out for and more of our Christmas songs between now and midday. Lots of responses for our Monday munchies, which is the box of offbeat donuts. I think the crew at Flannery's and Joseph's Hair Salon would be worthy winners. Had the privilege of dropping a van load of donations in yesterday afternoon. It was a brilliant day. I tried my level best to get back in time for it, but the roads coming back were treacherous yesterday. It was just so slow, and rightly so. Uh, I thought I'd get back for two o'clock. It ended up being five to four. Uh, So my apologies for not making it, but I'm told that it went really, really well for all of the children and marginalised families that got great help yesterday with Christmas and Santa Claus and magicians and food and Christmas presents. I'd love a box of donuts, not for me, but for my brother and sister-in-law who welcomed their first baby last Thursday, the 8th of December. They're coming home today and I'm sure it would be a welcome treat. We could really do with the donuts this morning in Unit 14, Lancaster Hall. We had to battle the frosty roads. And have enough work to keep us going for a lifetime, says Catherine. Uh, Bishopstown Credit Union, the staff held a brilliant event for members on Friday night. The lads and lassies at Harry Baby in Little Island were manic getting the orders ready and sent out. Listening every day, says Aaron. There's another core company that would solve a lot of Christmas presents for you. I was telling you about others last week. HarryBaby.com for a super duper funky t-shirt. Uh, I deserve the donuts because we're freezing in the office. And it would be a great way to start the week. Why don't they turn the heat on there or turn it up? What's the dealio there? Uh, Doreen, would love to win the donuts today. We're freezing in the office and we need cheering up. Turn the heating up. Just finished collecting our day attenders, Neil. It's Baltic cold out there. Some donuts would be lovely, says Jude. Um, I'd love to win. Currently at home looking after three sick babies, three-month-old twins and a husband. <laughs> It's the third baby. All right, you have another 15 minutes to send texts and then we'll pick a winner for our box of donuts from Offbeat Donuts. A lot of texts from where we started the programme this morning. We had Councillor John Meyer on the air. We had uh, Councillor Ken O'Flynn. I had a very disturbing email from a resident uh, of the north side. Well, certainly um, a resident from... Um, out around uh, Ballyvalan and what they had to put up with over the weekend with the petrol bombing. Anthony says John Maher's head is in the sand on this one. He's living close to the incident but he said on the show he wasn't aware of an ongoing feud. He knows full well of the feud or else he's not doing his job 
as an elected representative of the area. Don't give out my details as I live close by. Ireland's become a country where certain protected groups of society can engage in antisocial behaviour up to and including murder. But when law-abiding citizens speak out about this reality, they are deemed to be the criminals. Uh, Hate speech laws are a cancer, says Richie. No, they're not. Uh, You need to have laws uh, to keep everything under control. Freedom of speech is one thing, but hate speech is another, Richie. Um, and I don't believe that people who speak out are deemed to be the criminals unless you say they could be prosecuted for a hate crime. Um, they can't recruit Gardaí and the army, and yet they spend €100,000 on murals to motivate the prisoners in Cork Prison. Apparently this is a fact, I'm told. And you have kids who can't get an operation? There are beautiful murals in the reception area and the visitors area of Cork Prison it costs €100,000. Uh, to answer your question, Pat says, the only way the military can be used to police the civilian population is in the time of martial law. For that to happen, habeas corpus has to be suspended. Uh, I just heard a clip from Ken O'Flynn regarding the firebombing of a house. Ken, as well as every politician on the north side, is aware of what's happening, as well as the Gardaí. You have a family who have the people of the north side terrorised. Young people cannot walk the streets without being attacked and intimidated by dogs. People's stuff is being stolen. I've tried to report a brand new stolen bike. The answer that I got from the guardie was, oh, leave it off. They're not nice people to be dealing with. Leave it off. This is not the first house that has been firebombed. There have been several others, which are then posted online for everyone to see. They have the place awash with drugs, I've witnessed some driving them to houses to collect money off some poor young fellow who owed them. I've seen them outside local post offices collecting drug debts. I've witnessed young girls being beaten up, but the response of the Gardaí all of the time is, leave it off. Uh, Something needs to be done. Our youngsters are terrified. Uh, Thousands of pounds in debt. For drugs, Gardaí need to step up as they're well aware of the situation. And just one more. Uh, if one family is the whole north side terrorised, bullying all the young boys, pulling them, hitting them for fun, selling drugs to them. If people don't pay on time, they tax them, threaten them, intimidate them till they pay and the guards seem to do nothing about it. They drive around like they own the place. Even the guardie are afraid. It's an absolute joke at this stage. Uh, the things they're getting away with. A selection of texts following my conversations earlier. You can text 0868104106. Now back to the phone lines if you don't mind. Thank you for holding, Fiona. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Your late dad. Tell me about your late dad. Well, um, the, the scumbags uh, that, that can call at will to anybody's house because cold calling is still allowed. That's my big bugbear. That I think that we need to stop cold calling being the norm. Um, and then perhaps our elderly would realise they shouldn't be opening doors to these guys. So in my dad's case, there were a couple of times it happened to him. And the only reason it happened the second time is because sure he forgot the first time that they robbed him and he went back to believing everybody is nice like him and uh, and it happened to him again. What so, happened the first you know, time Fiona if well, you have time you, to tell you know, us? The very, the, very sa- the very same both times so two guys one kind of is up the back and able to get up the back while the other fellow is talking to Dad at the door um, and um, the next thing was oh we can do your, your back garden we, we were up the back and we saw that it was very overgrown and well, we'll do that blah blah it will just cost you 2,000 and they get five hundred straight away. Now what they do is they watch where he goes for the five hundred and then they follow they go him back into the down. house? 
no, 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 but they were able to watch him because they saw the room he went into, which was in the front of the house, and saw where he keeps the the dreaded cash, like that poor man earlier said, you know, the 3,000 in cash, there was always at least that much. And um, the other fella then will come back down around and get it while the first fella is, um, you know, keeping him talking. So... It's only when they're long gone that he realises there are thousands gone and the 500 he has given you thousands. So he gave over 500 and then the other fellow went in and cleaned out the rest. Correct. Absolutely correct, yeah. And even when the community guards came up and said, look, you have to stop opening your door, you should never open your door, you have a, a, a hole there, you know, the peephole thing, he'd never look through that. Don't open the door. Anybody who's calling should know who you are and and, and you should know they're calling. Sure, he'd still open the door. And we would even, we'd go up and we'd test it, even though we had keys, we would test it and we'd knock on the door and he'd come, he'd open the door. And I'd say, did you know it was me? Well, I do now. I know, know, sure, I know, I know. And And the second time? Oh, the second time, the exact same thing happened to him. The exact same thing. The only only thing was that I happened to ring him from work and he happened to tell me that, People were up the back and I immediately raced over from work and my husband separately as well and we put the run on them. Um, but only for I happened to ring them. Over money? Been, uh, he had paid them about 800 that time before we got there, but at least they hadn't, they didn't get thousands that time. But you see, you didn't, a, you didn't was, ask for that back or anything. I'm just curious now. Oh, I said, oh yeah, yeah, we did of course. Um, did oh you yeah, get yeah it? no, we we did. Oh God, we did because uh, my husband um, was particularly masterful <laughs> as as uh, threatening without threatening, um, and had everything on video. So they they did. They paid up and they we put the run on them. Was it but the same characters? Do you know? Oh, same same characters. And the, interestingly. That the same characters a year later came to my house down here in a different area, and the minute I op- the minute I saw him out through the door, I opened the door because my husband was in in house and I knew I was safe, and I put the run them straight away and took pictures of him and everything, and they ran out with the fright, and I rang the cops and I said this guy scammed my father and you need twice. to find him so twice and I told uh, I told them in fact the cops rang me back and said we're looking for him um, he's just done something similar in Kinsale this morning but the problem did you get the ridge? Guys, uh, I did oh, we, we had him on video we gave the cops the video and everything of him coming up the drive uh, they definitely nabbed them characters well they may have done but I guarantee you they'll be out again should they won't be in prison and you see this is the problem Neil there's no deterrent there is no deterrent because they have as, as you were talking about that poor 83 year old earlier they have no conscience about that man and what he needed his money for but why keep his, but why then okay you're talking about yeah, they do keep cash but why 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 they do because of the age group. Now, my dad died at 89 this year and he would have been in his 80s when these things happened to him. He he was always a businessman, a fantastic, intelligent man, clever man, dealing with people in business all his life. Somebody comes to the door, looks respectable and he believes it because he's a trusting individual because of the era he, he was brought up in when you could leave your door open. And added to the fact then as well, they don't seem to have any, um, unfortunately, I don't mean to generalise, but I did hear of a story recently of some character who called to a particular house who said he was going to trim a particular tree um, Mm -hmm. and wanted thousands to do it. A job that would be only really, I'd be be arguing with the guy over two or three hundred euro. But do they they not, do you think as the age catches up with them that they don't know what's good and bad value? 
I, well, there's that is number one, but number two, they start to get afraid because when money is being discussed, like I know in, in my father's case, those two times, although he wouldn't bring me out of embarrassment, I'd say, um, and feeling too stupid, like that other man said earlier, um, but he, he they become afraid, so they just hand it over because I think it dawns on them, oh, hang on, I could be in trouble here, so I'd better hand over money. And I think that's what certainly happened in my dad's case. And... Uh, you know, he, he he got afraid and he wouldn't have told me except that I knew there was something going on in his voice when I rang him. You know, because he felt embarrassed, he felt stupid because he's not a stu- he wasn't a stupid person. Did it, did it affect him, those, oh, those badly, episodes? Oh, very badly. But then he forgot about it because it is, no, he didn't have dementia or anything, but just age-related, age-related forgetfulness. And the next thing he'd forget and the door would, somebody nice would come to the door, I'll give you a better one. There was a young one in a school uniform came a few times to him asking for money to help her get through school or put money away for college or something and and when we learned about this we said what, what on earth are you doing I said this is a young one of 15 or so why would you give her money and but she she, she had a, I mean she's a poor child so you know she she you know we're so lucky we have the money I said Dad, that's that's not that's not the Many elderly people wouldn't understand that there are scams <laughs> and that what people are telling them are lies. Did he give that child money? He, oh, he did each time and eventually I had to say to him, look, here, because I, I had to push him, look, somebody is watching it. Somebody's with that kid down the end of the, the driveway behind the wall. And I said, you know, they they could actually be casing the joint and know you're on, you're there on your own and the next thing somebody else comes up and bops you on the head the next time and takes every single thing you have now. But that's an example of adults using children for criminality. That's oh, Dickensian, like that's it's Oliver Twist stuff. Absolutely Oliver Twist and it's appalling, absolutely appalling. But it's just the upset then for the family, I could hear it from that poor man's voice. You want to be annoyed with them, you want to shout, what did no, you do that for? No, Why did you let no, them? But see, thing. you can't make them frightened either. You know, like the last thing I wanted was my dad frightened on his own, you see, living up there on his own. You see, also there are those that have said to me in the past that if there isn't some money in the house, they'll be badly assaulted. Well, this is another thing, but like twenty euro is what the is, is what the, the cops told him to to have handy and and available because they'll just see any note and they'll run. Um, so um, that's what the cops that's, actually told that's him. Impos- it's impossible to stamp it it's out, a, really. Of when course, you think of it. it is. It's like it's impossible. even worse when you hear. I see this morning out of Cove, a 92-year-old man was charged 200 for the consultation and 200 euro to bleed the rads by some so-called plumber. Yeah. 400 Only. euro, a 92-year-old yeah, yeah, yeah. was charged I for. Know, yeah. But sure, to, he probably do, wouldn't know. Do, but to do something that should be done as a favour to an older person. You know, I mean, even if you are a tradesperson, if it's something that small, You're right. you know, the, the the people that we deal with would they How come you sleep and sleep at night like you charge you a point see, pension no, not 400 euro. No, no here's the problem we're decent we wouldn't even consider doing anything to an elderly person or to any person for that matter because we're decent people these guys don't have that decency as a deterrent because they're not decent they have no conscience they don't care about anybody, young or old, and, or animals. You know, people who can do that to, to, to the elderly or to the young. They'll do it to animals too. You know, so these people, to me, they're taking lives away from the elderly yeah. when they do what they did it's to that other man and my father. They're taking their lives. It, it's, it's, in a way, it's like, it's a murder. You take a life with a murder. They're taking my dad's life away. He and they replace it with anymore. fear and anxiety and yeah. shame and worry. Yeah. yeah. 
Shame and the shame that was a big thing with my dad because he's such he was such a clever guy and and everybody knew him to be such a clever guy and here he was having to be ashamed in his own property and these scumbags and luckily I mean luckily he has family calling imagine all the others who don't have any family calling I know but sure John's poor old dad thought your man had a guard ID of course yeah and sure my, my dad referred to the IDs being flashed at him as well with various other things but even the other day now I went up I, I bring a, my elderly neighbour she's the same age she's 89 she'll be 90 soon and I bring her up at dinner luckily because when I was going up she had a load of Jehovah's Witnesses at the door and she was terrified now I said to her you shouldn't open the door you know she's look they were there and I was afraid and you, you see nobody should be allowed to call to your door and I'm not saying anything about Jehovah's Witnesses nobody should be allowed to call to your door unless you've invited them. I know, yeah, I mean, they're harmless incidentally, they just oh, want to preach the word of God harmless. but oh, to, to an, you know, to, you know to an elderly person I, I didn't mean it, to say, you know no, I'm, I'm not, but to an elderly person that's strangers at the door, they don't know who's at the yeah. other side of the door no, so the, no. the rule of thumb is I hate saying this, you just yeah. can't open your door you don't open the door. You just it could don't be a guy who wants you to switch from energy or to electricity mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. It could be whatever. Um, yeah. You just. You just. You just. You can get fake IDs for anything. I mean, yeah, I'm going to talk to Seamus. It mightn't be this morning, but he spent the weekend back and forth with this counterfeiter above in Dublin. We could buy anything online. Anything. anything we could send your man the money on Revolut and he'd send us an Irish driving license an Irish passport he'd send us a Garda ID he could send us an American passport now you probably wouldn't get through customs into America yeah, with him, yeah, but, yeah. but you might I don't know but mm. it, it's all there so if somebody wants yeah. a fake ID it might cost him a couple of hundred bucks and all of a sudden they're a member of Angarda Shikana calling on the elderly yeah, yeah. shocking so the cops can't they can't police that they can't police it. But now, what the cops, I think, what the cops could do, and they could start with those that they know of, you know, Maida, all the other people that they know have been scammed in this way, to make regular scheduled calls to remind these particular people who have already had this happen to them, you know, why they shouldn't open their door. But the problem then is you've got, somebody, then you've got somebody calling to the door who is a legitimate cop. Oh, no, and the no, 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 sorry. That Those people obviously would have been phoned by us, the family, that they would then ring, ring us, the family, and say, right, let's schedule a time to go up with the family member. You know, just just even a okay. once once every six months, yeah, yeah. just to say, look, you, Fiona, you 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 phoned us about your dad. We went up and we talked to him, but we now want to remind him of the importance of not opening his door to anybody. Know, but sure, and, there might be a bit of memory loss there, you know, maybe a bit yeah, of dementia, that's it. like you said. Yeah, and that's it. You see, with the you know, sure, look, even I'm even losing my memories with here's, some things. Here's you one, know, it's, yeah, here's it's, one for you though. Like twice now, last week, this child is called to the door. Um, I have, I have, I wasn't, I didn't answer the door. I just saw it in cameras afterwards um, um, and it's a child right and she's got um, she's got a Santa Claus hat on she's no more than about eight um, and once the door was answered and the child sings we wish you a Merry Christmas we wish you a and her mother is standing about 15 feet behind her and wow. they're going door to door to door collecting money to sing a Christmas song in the middle of freezing cold nighttime weather Shocking. this child Shocking. is going door to door yeah. the behest of her mother to sing yeah. Christmas carols for money. Yeah. I thought it was cruelty. Absolute cruelty, and that poor child shouldn't have to put up with that. But I this mean, that, twice. That's so this is what she's doing every yeah. night. Yeah. Like it's like this is what parents are making their children yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking.
Sorry to hear about your dad. Not once. Thank you. Well, at least it can't happen again because we've lost him now. He's gone. But (laughs) at least, at least we were there, though. You know, the main thing is for somebody to be there. And if, even if, even if somebody has nobody, please, neighbours, call in. Even if you never met the person, I'll just put a note and say, my my name is so and so. I live next door. You know, just somebody to make sure they know they can call in somebody any time of day or night. Yeah, of course, a good rule of thumb here would be if somebody is a family member who's not in the house, that you could shout out the door and say, I'll open the door in a minute and must just first call my son. Or I'll open the door in a minute and must just first call my daughter. If they're genuine, they'll stay. If they're not, they'll just make it. And that's exactly what the community guards told my dad. What a you clever know, community guard. But he forgot that. I know. That. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, God love I know, Fiona. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Mind yourself. Not at all. Thank you. Uh, text 0868104106. We got calls on the way, but I need to clear a break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Yeah, uh, yes, I would love to know who the plumber was. I really would. I'd love to put, a, put in a call to a plumber and ask why would you charge a 200 euro consultation fee and then 200 euro for the job and it just involved of bleeding rads. Fiona's right, that's like something people would do in the community for free just to help out a 92-year-old man with heating problems with his rads. But not a 400-euro bill. I can only think that it's just somebody taking advantage of the person because of their age and their fragility. Michael, good morning. Now, yeah, some, you can hear me okay. Sometime, some years back, you had an incident with characters at the door, was it? Yes. Uh, people on this... I'll fix your roof for you, sir. And uh, I t- they were working on my neighbour's roof, semi-detached house situation, and I thought they were legit. And up they went. Eventually presented me with a bill for 800, for which I wrote, I wrote a cheque. Were they up there long? Was there actually something wrong on your roof? Not that I could see. Did they say they there assured, was? They, they assured me there was... I I wasn't convinced, but anyway. Oh, it's a semi-detached, so they were on the roof anyway, doing work on the neighbours, and then happened to say to you, we're working on the neighbour's roof and there's problems with yours kind of a yarn, is it? Correct. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. The the, the punchline is this, and it refers to officialdom, legit officialdom. I I wrote a cheque to 800, and when, when I was... When I was asking for what details they wanted on the cheque, it, it became obvious to me that this, this was a shady operation. Cash, was it they wanted you to write on the cheque? Uh, yes, and, and, and they, they, they didn't want me to write the, 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 the name of the receiver or anything like that. Just cash and the, don't cross it. Yeah. Correct, correct. And when I had done that, I thought, feck it. Excuse the Irish, but uh, I'm, I'm caught. No, I gave them the cheque. And then I immediately rang the bank, intending to stop the cheque. Maybe in a way it was lucky I was unable, because they might have come back and done Don't. the devil and all. Why weren't now you able to, that, though? What was, what was the bank's response to that? Here's the point. And here, I, I, I raised this with the bank subsequently. I rang the bank and I got this, you know, if you want A, press B, and if you want B, press B. I know, B, you know, yeah. Ten minutes later, you're still pressing one, two, three, and four, yeah. That's right. By the time I eventually got to speaking to a human being and explained what I wanted, she was quick, but they were quicker. Oh, they no. had been cashed. Oh, 
no. My, my, my point is this, that the bank should make in their system, make available somehow an emergency line for just such a thing yeah, as that. Yeah. Stop a check in, in an emergency. They got to a bank faster than you. The bank took the Correct. check, checked your bank account. The money was there and they paid it out. Correct. My God. Were they long on the roof, incidentally? I'd say about half an hour. Sometimes, you know, they even crack and break tiles and bring them down to show the so-called evidence. They're total thugs and crooks. Well, absolute, absolute gutters, yes. But uh, again, um, my punchline, if you like, is that the banks should make an emergency line available. Now, to be fair to the bank in question, one of the one of the other people rang me and gave me a number to use in such a situation, and I, I, I used it once or twice, and then it, it, that transpired to be a number putting me onto this this if you want to hear, press B type of thing. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, would you be of a generation that would be too trusting? Do you think? In one word, yes. I mean, I'm eighty-six. And this happened about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I took people on face value, and the fact that they were on my neighbour's roof, I assumed he had checked them. So there you are. No, that's what they do. The ruse is they're on the roof anyway, so they'll be doing that's work right. on it, and you will almost half believe if they're legitimately up there and there's something wrong with that roof, the chances are there must be something wrong with my tiles as well. But of course, Correct. they saw you. Do know they also scammed your neighbour. You know, we weren't alone. What is it? They did. And he knows that too. They did. And why but do you they, think they, that it's got so bad? This would have been totally unheard of 50 years ago, for instance. Well, absolutely. I mean, nobody would be up on the roof 50 years ago unless I'd hired them to go up there myself. Yeah, yeah. Or unless it was a neighbour doing a friend a favour. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. All right, sorry right. to hear that. Mind yourself. Happy Christmas to you, Michael. Look after yourself. I hope and, you're keeping and well. Thank you. And many of them, Niall. Thank you. Thank indeed. you so much. Lovely chatting with God you. Bless. Take care. Take care. I, be careful, guys. I know it's easy to say because sometimes you can be just caught unaware. And you know what? We're talking about senior citizens by and large who would be that extra bit more, well, a lot more believing, I suppose, because they are of a different generation. Jim, good morning. Neil, how are you, boy? Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I despair, really. I do. I do. We're yeah, we're, we're, we're back at this again, you know, the rogue trailer, tra- trailers and stuff, and, and rogue builders, but like a lot of these guys well, are why would a plumber? Now. Why would a plumber charge a 92-year-old man a 200-euro consultation? The worst I've heard and I accept it as being needed is a 70-euro call-out, like, and another 100 yeah. for the job, maybe. But 400 yeah, euro good, yeah. to a 92-year-old man. Uh, it's, it's, it looks as wrong, it's very wrong, you know, it's, it's just happening wholesale with, with plumbers. Uh, I know some of them are very good, I know plumbers out that don't do that, you know. Of course they don't, but we're, we're not talking about the ones that are decent and yeah. even do work. So some plumbers would do it for free. But this yeah, guy, yeah. this guy charged 400 euro. Need we go out there sometimes with old people and we don't charge them at all. We I can't, know you do. I know you do. We just don't, we just don't, don't charge them, that's it, you know. And I, I was out of one last week and sometimes all they need is a, is a talk, there's nothing wrong, you know. Well, look, what, what I'm saying yeah. to you there, I'm bringing up... Well the, done for doing that, Jim, to you and all that do it. Yeah, but there's loads, there's loads of tradesmen out there doing this. It's, you know, there's loads of guys that do, do this. But, but if we are real tradesmen that came through the long road, you know. Yeah. We're not greedy or hungry, like we don't make our money off old people. But well, what I'm saying there, protect old people, your mother and father, right? Check their insurance policy. Most insurance companies now have a three 
pre-call out the That includes electrical, plumbing, roofs, anything that goes wrong in your house. They'll send out proper tradesmen to your house. They have full crews on in the city all the time. And it's a very fast service. And you know the guys that are coming out are bona fide, like. Are you saying that with everybody's home insurance, you have three out, annual call-outs? Yeah, yeah. No, I think sometimes, no, some of them you have to tick a box. But most of them, like, like the Zork and all those, they're all free. You know, like we, we're a part of that service. We do it. We do it all the time. For, we, we're the guys you see out the storms are up in your roofs all the time. But, like, it, it's plumbers, electricians, any tradesman, it's in your policy check-in. And if it's not, tick the box. And, and would that be out. in the event of something going wrong or could that be three maintenance call-outs annually? Well, you see, everything is insured in your house. It's like, like, like I know, he's no heating. Like, it's in your policy that just in your home, your house needs heating. They'll send a plumber out, he'll get heat and go for you. It doesn't have to be exploding at all. Okay, so somebody that maybe have um, elderly parents, check the policy um, because... Check the policy. Yeah, you check don't your need... You, you, you wouldn't even be needing rogue tradespeople calling if it's on your policy. And Yeah, because most people pick up all these bad tradesmen off the ads in local magazines and stuff. There's, some ro- there's a lot of rogue traders now advertising in the local mag that you trust. You know, uh, I'm not going to name them no, because yeah, but you see, those that are publishing them, they don't vet the advertisers. No, but I mean, if they get a call in, they should know that. You know, if, if you don't get a road trade or I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of those. All right, claiming that they're they're they're. I'm quite sure that some of them must be legit, but they're usually doing paving or they're doing tarmac academying or they're fixing tiles on roofs and roof slates and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, and you'd also spot them. They, they get very giddy just before the storm. They'd be running their Facebook ads and the ads in the newspaper. You know, just be be very aware. If you see something advertising that he's watching storms and newman. Go, man. Just there's a sort of key thing to watch out for. Go, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take your insurance policy. You're covered. Go for it. Fair play, Jim. Fair play to you, bud. Fair play. Take care. Lines are open 0818104106, lads. One of the all-time greats, Emerson Lake and Palmer, Greg Lake with I Believe and Father Christmas, a great Christmas classic. And our Michelle Jeweler winner this morning is going to treat himself. And if you don't look after yourself, who will? So Paul Dean in Mangerton Close in the Glen wins a 200 euro voucher, voucher even uh, for Michelle Jewellers on Patrick Street. And he's going to buy himself a nice new watch. And you're dead right. <laughs> You're dead right. Spoil yourself this Christmas time. Send us a photograph on the old Wacharuni, the old kettle on your wrist as soon as you go out and enjoy the trip to Michelle the Jewellers. Tim Keane and the staff will look after you as they have been doing for 60 years on Side and support them this Christmas time. So well done to you, Paul. A 200 euro voucher on the way to you. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Just a quick shout out, actually. Um, I just want to say well done to Cove girl Geraldine Monaghan because year in, year out, carepack.ie, send exactly that. Care packs full of all sorts of beautiful things at Christmas uh, to people in care homes and also in nursing homes and those in need at Christmas time. And on post, deliver them free of charge. A great story and a huge success again this year. Geraldine, congratulations. Well done to all concerned. How many? 21,000 this year. And last year? It's up on last year? Yes, it is. Yeah, last year was 20,000 and 2020 when we started was 13,000. And the contents of the care packs, what will be in them? Well, it's 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 we leave it totally up to the person themselves. So it depends on what you can afford. You know, it's meant to be a gesture. So, 
you know, we've ideas there. So some people will put in a magazine, maybe a bar of chocolate or something like that. And then some people go all out and, you know, like the care pack could be absolutely, you know, full to the gills. <laughs> so it's they'd be, f- they'd the be fighting in that nursing home for that one then, would they? <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, in fairness, most of them are fairly good, to be honest. You know, the feedback we're getting, it's really good, really positive. Isn't it incredible? And who gets on board? Because I, I hear tell a lot of young people and children get on board as well, do they? Everybody across the board. Like, there's so much goodwill towards it. You know, there's um, a lot of, a lot of children are getting involved with it. Um, but a lot of families, even of residents, and even actually staff, in nursing homes themselves are telling us all the time how they are sending ones to other nursing homes because they're seeing the they're seeing the benefit in their home with it. They see the sparkle just, in the eye and the surprise and the gratitude. And I suppose for yeah. some it might be the only gift that they might get, Geraldine. That's the thing. That's what we're kind of, you know, has really come to light this year is the amount of people who are actually in nursing homes who don't have family. Um, or don't have visitors and um, it's something that you know we're kind of going to maybe look into a little bit more next year um, because you know when you hear the stories back from the homes it really is heartwarming but Mm. it's also heartbreaking and you're kind of like I'd like to do a little bit more you know, in these cases as well. And know? hats off to On Post who delivered 20, 21,000 of them free of charge. It's a really great Unbelievable. cross. Unbelievable. Like they did it initiative. for a year and a half up until March of this year and then they re-announced it, reopened it in November and all the details are on their website but it's it's just fantastic service. Well Unbelievable. Done. Well done. Well done. Yes. Well done. Congratulations to all concerned and to all that gave 21,000 care packs to the elderly in nursing homes and residential settings. Happy Christmas to you, Geraldine. And the same to you, Neil. Take, Take care. care. Uh, to a man who still, I'm told, laid up inside in the old hospital and... Uh, I know when he's coming home, but yesterday went really, really well in spite of the fact that he wasn't able to make it himself the one and only Joe from Joe's Hair Salon. Morning. Good morning, Neil, my friend. How I are have you? a little surprise for you in a second now, but how oh, did yesterday Lee, I go? Hope not too, I hope it's not too little. <laughs> well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what it is, right? Because you, yeah. you can't eat any of it. But I'm going to send this Monday morning's box of offbeat donuts out to the hair salon for the staff, which I hope they'll share also with the crew at Flannery's Pub. Oh, God, they will. Neil, absolutely. Uh, oh my God, but, that's fantastic! But there's Thank none for much. there's none for you because I don't know. Are you fasting? Oh, for fuck's sake! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've need. I'm having a donut. In all fairness, fasting. <laughs> you know what? I'm starving. Okay. No, I'm loudy food. Neil, you wouldn't believe. What well, somebody to then somebody needs to be dedicated to getting a donut to you this lunchtime. Oh, don't you worry. I have a husband now. We'll put on Aaron his favourite wings and he'll be up to the master pie. But amazing day yesterday, Neil. I heard it was a rocking day. Amazing. Over 50 kids, mothers, single dads and things. It was electric. Yeah. Were you... Santa magician, the whole... I cried out yesterday morning. Were you up, five, to, no, five, were you up to 90 that you couldn't be there? Yeah, all my blood pressure, the doctors here were trying to calm me down and everything. <laughs> Did they FaceTime you live and stuff, was it? Neil, yeah, I was like, ball. And now I've 
delighted. Everything went well. Darren played a trooper now in fairness. Yeah, he was it. he was amazing and all the volunteers and but Neil I cried. <laughs> I know. Because I loved it and I loved the crack and all I was getting with videos then. And um, I think it was quite therapeutic that you weren't there because you actually got to see it happen and how good it is without being stuck in the middle of it or trying to organise everything yourself, you know? Yeah, and kids, kids screaming at me and, you know, I go on a ho-ho-ho and jingle bells and normally I'm hyper, you know what I mean? I drive the kids mad and the mothers mad. So I was looking from afar, Neil, and the stuff that they got was amazing, the donations. I really do say, Neil, if people came in and saw the kids' faces, what they're donating, it's just unbelievable. And Santi was amazing. Came by Garda Escort with Gerald Kearney, the magician, with a choir herself, the Lord Mayor, came in and sang away as well. Well done. Well done. And well there done. was I in the hospital bed, Neil, wrapped around wires. I couldn't go. I know, and I'd say all of the oh, machines dear, were going ape. They probably. the woman now dressed in my bed, stood a grand job on it, actually. <laughs> She better do a great yeah, job. I'd love a cup of tea. Any chance of a cup of tea? Neil is getting me a donut. Could I have a cup of tea, please? <laughs> Absolutely. No, 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 I don't know. I'm going out on a limb here, actually. I don't know if we could get a second box of donuts just to bring them to you and the staff at the matter of private. Oh, Neil. <laughs> Even a box of that would be amazing, Neil. And you know the ones you're bringing out to Joseph's? Yeah. Could you drop them into Flannery's for me? <laughs> Why? Because we're closed today. It's a Monday. <laughs> But what, if I just, but what if I just get them you know sent the, out tomorrow? It won't, Neil, or just some man altogether. I know, tomorrow's fine, don't mind. I'll send you a box oh, today yeah. for you and the staff of the matter, and I'll send a box to Joseph's and Flannery's tomorrow. Job done. Oh, Neil, all tests are going to be cancelled, Doctor. <laughs> I'm not doing anything, OK? There's no echo test, there's no nothing. No, no, glu- no glucose or sugar test for the next few days. <laughs> Neil, would you believe what happened on Friday? <laughs> anything could happen to you. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea, Neil. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I was down in the surgery, right? There was all done up to go with lovely little mesh knickers, the whole lot, a blue hat, a gown, and they're all admiring me, right? And where do I get the tan? And the next thing, ready to go under with my anaesthetic, they did an ECG, everything was stopped. Why? They couldn't find your heart? <laughs> they found it, right? They found too much of them up to the heart. Oh dear now, me. All, all wired up and no surgery. Oh, well. I'm up in the cardiologist. I'm up in the cardiologist ward now, Neil, and I'm here being monitored. There's no stopping the pump in your chest. And it's just too no, big. No surgery. So all I need now is a lovely creamy donut. No, a jam donut. A nice hot cup They don't of make jam donuts anymore. I don't know why they don't, they don't make... make nobody makes plain jam sugar donuts anymore. It's all no big fancy one. Dan ones. I'll send you a Christmas gingerbread donut. What's that? I need you... you. You're too much. I'm going to get an oil and up a diabetic now. No, you're not, see, you're not to eat them all yourself. It's for the nurses, no, no, the porters, the, the cleaning staff, man. the doctors. Yeah. The consultants are all right. They have enough money to buy oh, their own. Should, what's your name, actually, again? Mags is just about to bring me in a tray of tea, Mags. One, three biscuits. Oh, my God. <laughs> go on. I'm mad. I have to go. I have to go. Look after yourself. I love the chat. You're passing the time here with me, Grant, because I'm bored to tears. Hi to everybody, and thank you all for your support. You're amazing. Happy Christmas. You're the amazing one, and all of the people that help you out. Well done, Joe. Thank you, Neil. Donuts on the way. Donuts on the way. Mind yourself. 
all will be well. Back after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. You may recall Paula was on the air on Friday and the previous Wednesday to that, her she's a gas leak and uh, emergency services came and turned off the gas and said you need to call the council to get it sorted. Uh, since Wednesday of last week, she said no heating or cooking and no sign of the council. Said it's hard every day. I know that and I know there are people worse off than me. But as her landlord, even in spite of the fact that he was on air on Friday, you think you could shame them into doing something. But that didn't even shift them. So nobody's come up to look at it and to sort it for, apart from HSS Hire on the lower Glanmire Road. Uh, Paul Mullins got in touch with me to say that they will, if we send her details, be happy to help her out with any heating supplies free of charge until she gets back up and running. So that's going to happen uh, today, Paula. I, I'm sorry it didn't happen on, on Friday. I saw it too late. Uh, but uh, I think it's shameful, actually, that um, it has to be down to the generosity of other people or, or Cork businesses to help you. But that tells a lot about the world we live in. It's also very sad to hear of McCarthy's Meats in Gronabraher closing or announcing their closing of the, the butcher shop. Um, they were saying that it was rising energy costs um, that ultimately meant they had to close the doors and consumers adjusting their buyer ha- buying habits. They said it's no longer viable to keep the doors open, but they're doing the right thing in that way, in that regard. So anybody that's got any bit of a manage going on there, anybody that's got a voucher or anything, um, they can still redeem them up until the 23rd um, in Gronabraher. And after that then to um, the McCarthy's uh, family butchers on Hawks Road in Bishopstown. Uh, I think it's sad, but they had to make the decision. It's a tough decision to have to close a business but we're rising costs of energies and I guess all of the cooling facilities and fridges and freezers and what have you. It's sad because I've been doing giveaways with uh, McCarthy's for many, many years. And they've also sent me, I got on to them and said, look, there's, there's no need to do the turkey and hams this year if you don't wish to. But what they have sent me is vouchers and each one of the vouchers is worth uh, 100 euros. So you can spend it on turkeys or hams or spiced beef or whatever it is you need. They're very, very generous. And, um, you know, it would be good to continue to support the one remaining shop. So I have those 100 euro vouchers to give away courtesy of McCarthy's Family Butchers and Hawks Road. We'll give two away now on 0818104106. You can spend them in the uh, Bishopstown shop. And I wish McCarthy's uh, and all of the staff and Derek and his wife Hilda all of the best going forward and a happy Christmas and thank you for the vouchers. We also have, and this came in as well from Secrets, um, which is a uh, thousand euro worth of uh, vouchers for Singleton's Super Value in Holly Hill. I would love these to go to people who need them. So if you know of anybody genuinely, genuinely that is struggling and could do with a gift voucher, I'm happy to pass these on. Uh, just very quietly and, uh, you know, without any fanfare to people who might be struggling to put food on the table or indeed maybe pick up a few boxes of biscuits or a bit of food this side of Christmas time. We have a thousand euro worth of vouchers for Singleton Super Value Holly Hill from Secrets. My apologies, I've run completely out of time and I didn't even touch our hamper giveaway this morning. My fault, but it was that busy. But I will start with it in the morning. So have a good day. Mind yourselves. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.